All right, are we ready to start recording? Oh, now we're not synchronized. <laughs> I'm a jackass. <laughs> no count, no doubt. I uh, I, I hit, uh, I clicked instead of spacebar on my, on my touchpad. Our, okay, so we're just gonna have you're just gonna have to resynchronize. Yeah, again, it'll, huh? we'll figure it out. Dave will be slightly off like he was last time. It's awesome. It's like he's in his own world. <laughs> kind of true. He's uh, ahead of the game. <laughs> it makes it sound like I'm interrupting everybody, which I'm not doing. So you just know what you're gonna say before before people. I think are done. I was actually. I'm behind even him though, so I'm gonna be even further behind. I should be able to sync it up. Jason will carefully calibrate everything. So yeah, I know. I know the work he puts into this. But the but the problem is when it's all on my machine, there's a lag. My my recording gets slower and slower, so I have to go through and like cut half seconds out here and there. So I think with the way we're doing it now, it should fix that. And this conversation oh, okay. with us bouncing back and forth should should hopefully fix it. All right. I have every faith in you. I have. Well, it's not me. It's the software. Yeah. <clears throat> do I sound okay, Dave? Uh, yeah. Do I, do I sound okay? You you always sound good. My I always sound breathy. Yeah, trying to not so, sound breathy. Yeah, you you do sound sometimes like you're very close to the mic. Not when we're talking, but when I if I listen to the podcast later, it sounds like right. I hear a lot of what you're doing, but. Uh, I need a new microphone. So now it's telling me, okay, I can do Alt, Control, Command, etc. for global shortcuts. If I want more flexibility, blah blah blah. So let me let me see if I can do Good this. Good thing you're on one of those easy to use Macs, Dave. No comment. I can't disparage them too much, though. No. Well, they didn't used to have our chips in them, and now they do. <laughs> No comment, right? Yeah, no comment. And now they're much better. I will say that. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Can you guys hear me now? Yes. How about now? Yes. Still. How about now? <laughs> Check out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if it shuts off or not. Fuck. Yeah, we can hear you. Yep. You're muted now. I should pretend like I'm responding to what he's saying. <laughs> That's good because I said some really terrible things about you just now. So did you hear them? It's all right. I'm kind of disappointed you didn't say okay. them to me. All right. So apparently I can get my command button to work. So my command button will be my on button. And then I can do stuff with my mouse without recording. So There you go. We're, we're set. Okay. So, so basically my left hand is going to be running my mouse. My right hand is going to so be the stranger is running the mouth. My 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 unnaturally soft and smooth right hand is going to be taking care of business. I thought that was the calloused hand. No, no, too much, so much, so much skin softener. It's like, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Gets all the work. Oh, is that what you call it now? Skin softener gets all the loving. No, it's serious. Like, like honestly, I don't, I, I don't know about you guys, but. Have you ever, did, when you were a kid, did you ever get a, like a hand job from a girl? Like a girl who's just <laughs> when like. When I was a kid, I. No, like a, like, like a teenager <laughs> or something? Like, 
Like, yes. I, I, I received a hand job or two. No, but, I have. But, it, but it's kind of like if there's no like lubricant or anything, you're kind of like, frankly, yeah. I could I could do this better myself. Like, let me just take over at this point because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? We're gonna be here a while. <laughs> it's like it's just not that great. <laughs> There was a girl in my high school who gave some guy a hand job and it was in the front seat of his car and then took the result and like smeared it all over the inside of his oh. window. <laughs> wow. We all thought that was hilarious. That's he a really was so quick, mad because he that, had, he really loved his car. <laughs> that's a really quick breakup. I mean, that is like yeah, a that's, fast breakup. Yeah. That's that's done. That, that sounds like my style, like something I would have done in high school. Like, like. You wanted them at least to get out of the car first before. Oh, was it on the outside or the inside of the windshield? The inside. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's that's just that's kind of like a vengeance hand. hand it's just job. rude. Not... Why isn't the defroster not working? Oh. <laughs> the works are all gummed up. Hey, are we ready to start this thing? Is my sure. arm button working? Can you hear me? And all my yeah, voice? we're good. Good, thank God. Because I don't know what it would be like if they couldn't hear me. It would be terrible. Though I feel like I have to put my finger on this tiny little button the whole time. So we'll see how that works. <laughs> it's like the uh, reverse of a hand job. And uh, so we're <laughs> recording, right? So are we ready to start? Are we ready to go? I think so. All right. Things have to come back. So this is the Advanced After Combat Podcast. This is a podcast about war games, and fuck, that's all it's about. Nothing else. Just war games. Just so, war games. Straight, Straight-laced reviews. That's right. Guys that, guys that play, play war games, uh, very sober, uh, serious reviews and analysis of war gaming, and, and the war gaming community in general. So if you, That's right. If you, ha- if you haven't come here for that, you might be in the wrong place. So, uh, we, we're, we're kind of the flagship podcast for the wargaming community and, uh, <laughs> and, and it's, it's, it's only indicated by all the support we get from all the various wargaming manufacturing syndicates and all the games they produce that they shower us with. So, uh, I'm Dave, uh, I'm one of the hosts of the podcast and a, a, another host who, who's my, my bromance partner is Jason. Hello. Yeah. All your espousing about how prepared and professional we are made me realize I didn't bring the game rules for the game I'm going to talk about. I didn't bring a pen with me to write down notes. So uh, just really showing showing our hand right up front here. Yeah, I think I actually feel like this is going to be a really smashing episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, in, in the, the, the terminology of Britain, Great Britain, our, our mother, motherly overlord of us colonials, this would be considered brilliant not rubbish because that's basically mm-hmm. the the binary uh, quality evaluation we will be exactly. this, this podcast will be brilliant so um if you haven't heard the podcast before uh you might be listening and thinking like oh what the fuck but the good news is it's not just us two there's a third party that's going to be on this podcast and that third party is a degenerate who has been on the uh, advanced after combat podcast guild for geez almost since the beginning and so. uh, and basically, each month we bring on a, a member of our guild, and we allow them, we we grant them the great honor of uh, guest hosting the podcast along with us. For us, it's an incredible burden, and 
horrible duty that we have to perform. But for the guest, it's nice. It's something they get to do. It's very, very fun. And this month, the guest host is the duck. Welcome. Hello. Yeah, I, 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 that's what we get. Hello. Hello. I'm choked up here. It's just, it's so beautiful. Well, well this is a big episode because people might, might not realize it, but we're going to make sure we point it out that this is our three-year anniversary. It is. So we have been doing this uh, podcast since 2003. That's it. Three years. Amazing. And the current Amazing. year is... No, that's not right. So, <laughs> so which uh, which would make you think we have probably about thirty six episodes, but that's not correct. We we have a bunch though. We're 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 in the thirties. We have plenty. I don't, I have no idea. So uh, so duck. I hope you're taking this uh, this podcast seriously because it is the the three year anniversary one. Uh, yeah, I just I'm I'm kind of nervous actually. Well, I, I only ask because it, you're already using your funny voice, and I can you just use your real voice because this voice is ridiculous. <laughs> nope, I can only use my funny voice today. Oh, oh okay, this is your actual. It's, voice. it's called my three-whisk voice. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so sometimes the podcast will go where we start drinking in the beginning and then it gets drunker as it goes. I've chosen an alternative route where I'm actually going to start drunk. I'm going to get more sober as we go. And meanwhile, everyone <laughs> else is going to get more drunk. And we're going to see, I think at some point in the middle, we're going to beat some, there's going to be some perfect moment where both of the, the graphs match up. So that'll be the goal. So just stay there. I, I might be on that same train, although I did bring Two drinks in with me, but I've completely forgot we were recording tonight, so I hit the sauce pretty hard. So yeah, have... yeah, my, my wife already in argument declared me as drunk, so we'll have to see. <laughs> it was about travel arrangements and uh, me trying to make some ve very vehement point, and, and so then she said, uh, I think you're already drunk right now, so there we go. Enjoy. My wife She's is jealous you to go to bed. travel plans, by the way. Oh, is she really? Because we're going to talk yeah, about she... it. So uh, I don't Sweet. know if you'll be jealous once we're done talking about it. Okay. So, right. uh, so Duck, how many times have you already have you done this once before or twice before? Once, once before. Once, only once. It felt like twice. So <laughs> I know it was that bad for me too. So uh, we've already heard your spiel about who you are. Do you want to say anything in particular before we run into this other thing that we have, which is called the quiz? No, I have I have no comment. What are you What are you playing right now? Are you playing anything interesting? I'm playing a lot of stuff. Well, first of all, let's mention you are playing in the Double Blind Stonewall Jackson's Way Second Bull Run campaign that we're running in the guild, umpired by myself. Yes, and that's pretty damn awesome. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, but not so much that uh, we're going to give away stuff, but I am going to talk a little bit later about the, some of the rules I'm using to kind of umpire it, the, the challenges to umpiring. But the most important thing I want to talk about is at the end, once the campaign's over, we're going to have like one big episode where we try to get everybody who played in the campaign on, and they can all kind of like do a debrief at once or record it. Oh, so, that's a good idea. Yeah, so cool. that would be cool. Like have you and Mitch talk. You, Mitch is Pope. You're Robert E. Lee. Have you guys first talk about your perceptions? So if you can kind of record some of your perceptions and your your feelings, your deep down feelings that you're getting during the game, your doubts. And... 
Is that you, God? It's me, Robin. My Lee. therapist told me not to reveal my deep down feelings. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, uh, but we're, I'm going to try to, I'd like to do something like that. I thought it'd be kind of cool to uh, do a, like a debrief and have an AAR and then maybe even run the whole campaign again and let guys switch sides and see what they like. So uh, we'll get into that. But I know that's something you've been doing. But uh, so right now, what's your number one game you're playing? Because you're pretty, uh, you're pretty much a veterano uh, war gamer. Oh, wow. Veterano. Um, I would say the highlight of my recent gaming has been playing uh, war games with my son. So um, I had some guys coming over and we played Combat Commander. And my son's played that before. And we got into a, a stretch where we played like, I don't know, five games across three or four weeks. And we broke out. And he likes uh, expansions and things so we broke out like all kinds of expansions we played the pacific one so we had a lot of fun with that and then i sucked him into playing kingdom of heaven and that was awesome so now that sounds like that has a lot of potential did he like playing the kingdom of heaven game and he did kind of get the rules and oh yeah he he beat me well we had stalemates both times or uh, draws both times but uh, yeah he's smarter than i am so it's no question that he will beat me yeah cause i have that, to rely that, on that, that's wily a cunning that's a game that I have trouble playing with sometimes without like a cheat sheet. I had to make like my own cheat sheet to kind of figure out like how the, I don't know if it was the straggling or whatever it works, like the different, some of the different rules sometimes the, I have to um, remember. attrition rules, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had to kind no, of make it, like a cheat it, sheet it for myself. Used to, yeah. yeah, and both of us were new to it, so we we both kind of struggled through it. But no, he's, he's definitely, he's good at that kind of thing. Um, I tried, well, the game I'm going to review, I tried to do the same thing where I could get it out and solo it. And that worked because he's played me. That worked for Talon too. Did not work for this game. So I'll talk about that. But, um, and then I got a bunch of uh, BM games. So I've been playing a lot of Talon with uh, Mr. Uh, somebody special, Mr. Uh, Doug. And um, we've, we're on our second or third scenario now. I think third. Um, and that plays pretty quick. You can do a turn pretty quick and it's pretty fun. Um, and then Dave and I are sputtering through Labatai. Uh, we keep trying to get that going. Yeah, Sometimes you, we play by email, but yeah, the Stonewall Jackson's way thing is kind of like taking up a lot of my time. Yeah. So I, I've I'm had trouble blaming. with, I, you know, I'm, I'm busy too, so it's no big deal, but it is a cool game. I want to get more into that. It's really, I'm liking the system a lot. And, uh, especially I mean, uh, since you have me there to answer all your rule questions. Yeah, no, that's what you're there for. Um, and I'm in a Liberty or Death guild game with um, Leroy slash Mark, uh, Brad, and uh, Callum. Uh, that's our second one. And so we're doing the full campaign this time. So um, I never, I like that game, but I never feel like I'm playing it very well. Um, yeah, that's, that's most of what I'm playing. Okay, well, we've got this thing. It's, it's you know, I... I... I don't really even want to mention it because I don't even know if you're going to want to take it, but it's a, uh, it's a quiz. Um, it's prepared by our, our intern Braxton. So it's voluntary. So you don't have to take it if you don't want to, but I just wanted to put it out there if you wanted to take the quiz. So, you know, I thought about saying no, I, I thought deeply about it and thinking that that would be kind of funny, but I think it'd be funnier if I took the quiz. So we'll take the quiz. 
Well, there is no quiz this episode. No, I'm joking. There is a quiz. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> right. um, so, yeah, one thing I noticed, I, I just wanted to mention this because I've been listening to podcasts as I drive to and from work, and uh, I don't listen to our podcast because I'm on the podcast. Sometimes I might listen for quality or whatever, but uh, and the, for, for lack of quality <laughs> to test the lack of quality. <laughs> But I was listening to not just another gaming podcast. I don't know if any of you guys ever listened to that, but I know you like that one. Well, they they had a thing where they did a survey, and basically the survey they surveyed their listeners, and their listeners were like, like fifty percent of them were like, we don't want you to talk about Kickstarter. Fifty percent were like, we do want you to talk about Kickstarter. Then fifty percent were like, this guy tells too many jokes. Fifty percent were like, and we think he doesn't tell enough jokes. So basically, my takeaway <laughs> from the whole thing was. Fuck all of you. Like, just fucking. Yes. Like, after listening, it was amazing to me listening to these guys who have a pretty good show and they're, they're really enjoying what they're doing. And yet, they're going to let all these guys who aren't even paying for the fucking podcast right. tell them what the fuck to do. I was like, nope. I was listening. I was like, fuck all those people. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. No, the, absolutely not. But they were, there are too many gaming podcasts for you to tell me how to do my podcast. Yeah, Go were, fuck they yourself. Were, they were like really taking it seriously. Like, Oh yeah. So we've got feedback. And one guy was like, yeah, I know you think I joke around too much. I'm like, I'm thinking I'm listening. Like, no, that's good. Like what? And yeah. He's like, have fun. He's like, do, so I'm going to try to do that less. I know it. you guys don't like that. I'm like, fuck those fucking guys. <laughs> As, Go listen to a different podcast. I got to tell Go you, fuck yourself. as much as we've heard since we've been doing this, and we've been doing this for three years, uh, oh, these fucking guys, they, they're, they, you know, they, they curse too much or they're drunk or the reviews at the end are drunk or blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of fucking podcasts come out that are doing anything different. So, hey, asshole, go fucking do your own podcast and have a podcast exactly. where you don't do that stuff. And guess what? Nobody's going to fucking listen to it. So... <laughs> Or or tens of thousands of people listen to it, but it's not the same thing. Go do, go be you. We're we're doing what we want to do. Yeah, so that it, that's just Ridiculous. kind of something that I thought was funny. Where like, I was just shocked that these guys had like a they're on like I mean they're on like whatever the fucking jag off dice tower network or whatever. Yeah, and doing their thing, but. Uh, and they've got all they the, have to be serious. they've got all the bumpers and all the things like you're part of the dice tower network and all this <laughs> shit that goes on and. Uh, we should get Ted Racier and, and Mark Herman to do bumpers for us. That'd be, the bumpers that'd be would fun. be great. If the, and and Callendale. You're listening to the Advance After Combat podcast. We could get Mitch to come on and be like, hey, I'm Mitch Land. I've designed the Next War uh, series, and this is a bumper for fucking nothing. I'm paying them zero dollars. <laughs> like, don't listen or do listen. Fuck off. These guys are jackets. <laughs> like, yeah. We're like, so when I heard it, I'm just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, you actually have a good thing going, and now you're going to start – if you start trying to cater to each guy who wants right. this or that, like and overthink it, yeah, fuck that. You right. Gotta follow your heart, man. Fuck. So you gotta follow so, your heart. Exactly. So, so in the end, I guess the <laughs> message we're saying is, hey, if you like what we're doing, and really, I think at this point, if 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 you're listening to us, it's because maybe you like yeah. us, or you like what, like you might like me, or maybe you like Jason, or whatever, or the, I mean, you probably don't like Duck because he's not on every time. No offense, Duck. I mean, it's not always you. <laughs> But I, I think I think really most people just listen because of the community. Like I, I think a lot of people who listen, the 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 guild is more about the guild now. We we kind of continue oh. the podcast to yeah. keep the guild alive. But I think that's more what people stick around for. We're just a tertiary interruption every once in a while, right? 
Yeah, we've got 357 people in the guild. I think we've probably got about 1,000 to 2,000 listeners, maybe. I mean, like, it's funny because I hear Guns, Dice, and... That's about 1,200 I hear Guns, Dice, and Butter Guy going like, oh, yeah, I've got... I'm like, yeah, we have as many downloads as you do. And and that's not even like... The, the other thing is, downloads don't cover streaming. So when people stream the podcast, that's not, oh, that's that's not recorded. That. So... Uh, even though we record downloads, it's it's maybe probably half of what we actually get as far as distribution. But but I just like it because occasionally I'll be at a, at a oh here's what's funny I won't get into this too much but like I was I had famous Ken come over and we did some face to face gaming I haven't seen famous I was very jealous. I haven't seen famous Ken in probably two years so famous Ken comes over he lives in my town and uh, he shows up and he's like yeah he's like you know and what's funny is he's probably only famous Ken between right the two like of only us. on the podcast is he famous <laughs> Ken but uh, no knows who we're talking he about he did pull out a game and show me on the, the back that he had, that was on the design notes I was like come on famous Ken you're already famous you don't need to do that <laughs> yeah nothing but love but but, but he goes uh, at some point he's like yeah he's like you know I've been having trouble because i'm playing vassal games with guys and they'll flake on me and they'll like bail out and they won't play and i'll get a vassal game going i'm like yeah you need to get on the advanced after combat guild because guys are doing vassal all over Seriously? the place on that and they have a calendar he's like advanced after combat what's that i'm like well <laughs> it's <laughs> thanks like, famous ken <laughs> i'm like well um well it's it's a it's a guild and it's based on a podcast he's like oh yeah i think i've heard of it i'm like yeah it's like my podcast i'm with it so i'm on the podcast he goes oh that's too goes, funny what are you talking about I'm like yeah i'm like i do the podcast like i'm like such a non-promoting person like, like the guy i face-to-face -face game with doesn't even know that i have a podcast i've been doing for three years he goes oh my god i've heard that's he goes i totally funny. heard about that podcast like it's like a yeah that's a wargaming podcast i'm like yeah that's mine I'm I'm the guy. I'm the the guy on the pod. One of the guys on the podcast. He's like, are you like? <laughs> I don't know if you believe me or it was just funny. So I'm like, all right. I so I basically said, you don't have to listen to the podcast. I said, but just go onto the guild and you can find guys that you can play vassal with. Exactly. That's too funny. Yeah, I thought that was highly entertaining. So, and I I actively encourage people and most of the people in my life. I don't really want listening to it. But they're like, oh, you do a podcast? What's it called? I'm like, yeah, I, it's not for you. Trust me. <laughs> you, the way I interact with you and the way I interact with everyone else in my life is completely different. Yeah, I mean, basically, I don't know if Finn would be as much into the podcast as into the guild because basically he drank like half a Diet Coke. We played six turns of Stonewall Jackson's way. He drank, he drank half a Diet Coke and I drank four beers. <laughs> the time that we played. Nice. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> okay, so there's a quiz. And, I, uh, I, I think we need to cover what we're drinking before the quiz. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, just to get in the, in the frame of mind. I, I, that, I thought that was a transition where I'm like, that wasn't so there's this thing. I'm like, there's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what are you duck, drinking, what are, Jason? What are you drinking? Oh, am I drinking? Uh, I stopped by the store on the way home because I am a special person and I deserve it. I bought a Dow Winnie single malt 15 year. And that is what I am drinking, and it is damn good. Is it rude if I ask how much that set you back? Uh, it was like 65 Yeah. That's pretty solid. You did deserve it. I think you should have bought a three-year, because it's a three-year anniversary of the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they were taste testing in the store. They were taste testing some Glenlivet stuff, and they had this Founders Reserve. And I'm like, well, how old is it? They're like, they don't tell you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the three-year. Yeah. 
It wasn't that good, but they, see, they hit you with that, and then they had you taste test this other shit that was eighty bucks a bottle that was really, really good. That's I'm not like, an oh. accident. Yeah, I know. And the woman doing it was really attractive. That's so shocking. also not an accident. That's so weird that sales. You tell me, sales associates are attractive young women. Yeah, trying mm-hmm. to sell stuff to like loser guys. Yeah, she was they, do, they don't have an ugly troll selling stuff to people. I I find that with software vendors, it's so strange. Software vendors are always very cute <laughs> yeah. when they try to sell me. It's very strange. Dave, what are you drinking? Well, okay, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I had some. Old, I had a couple old fashions. Um, then I switched over to Bushmills since then. Okay. But I am. I'm kind of trying to like pace myself. So Tapering we're, off we're working on the. Yeah, we're trying to moderate hey, a little bit. You so. already said you were going to go down in drunkenness. So. Yeah, no. I know. I have. I have water. I have a glass of water here too. I have one of those too. I'm going to drink that and then I might fill it up later. So we'll see. Jason, how are Um. I also pre-gamed it a little bit. I was drinking uh, Manhattan's earlier. <clears throat> uh, drinking a double tequila Negroni right now. So, so, so Jason, how many, good how many Manhattans? Because they are fucking boozy. I find them very boozy. So I actually made um, what I call a Manhattan sour. So it's basically a Manhattan that you throw a half ounce of lemon juice in and shake it. Um, so I had two of those. So that's what, six ounces of booze, and then what I'm drinking now is also six ounces of booze. So so is this vermouth and rye? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that, I, I, I made one. I made a double. I first was getting into my whiskey drinks, and I was like, yeah, that's a little bit too much. So I've gone to the regular old-fashioned with just a maraschino cherry in there, and that's there what I'm go. doing now. Yeah. It's a good drink. So, it has made me really enjoy the rye whiskey. I say so. I do like a, I do a sugar cube, and then a little splash of water, and I, I get it to, to dissolve, Muddle and then I then three dashes of uh, uh, Angostura, whatever mm-hmm. that is, bitters. Then stir everything, and then I, I put the little uh, maraschino cherry in, put the ice in, put uh, like maybe two ounces of uh, rye in there, yep. mix it all up, stir it until the glass is nice and cold. And it's actually made me like now that I, I really enjoy the rye. Actually, I've, I've become started to appreciate the rye a lot more. Like I could actually drink some of the rye uh, neat, right. where maybe yep. before that wouldn't be something I would enjoy. But since I've I've had it with uh, the old fashions, I tend to like it more. Do you use good cherries, or do you use like the supermarket Dayglo Maraschino? That's interesting because I have an Italian guy I work with who was telling me all the which maraschino cherries are like the good ones and which mm-hmm. I, I think I bought like regular maraschino cherries. But I guess for me, the cherry is nice because it's kind of the treat at the end of the drink. Yeah, a little like, sweetness at the end. Yeah. yeah. You know, maraschino cherries aren't from Italy, right? I know that, but there's an Italian guy I work with apparently <laughs> who knows there's an Italian guy who makes. But the other thing is there's the red dye. Is the red dye in maraschino cherries bad for you? Is that... Or is that not a thing anymore? I don't think that's No, that was red M&M's, dude. No, I thought it was like they <laughs> figured it was a Mountain Dew with the yellow number five. I, I thought they figured it was de minimis because it's like maraschino cherries. <laughs> so how many maraschino cherries could a guy possibly eat in a day? And then Davey drinks 12 old fashions and kills over dead from cancer yep. from yep. eating 12 maraschino cherries. From eating blanched cherries. My, my wife I ate an entire bottle of maraschino cherries when she was three. So she's still alive. She's good. Oh, it's okay, horrifying. Good. But, but she showed terrible judgment as far as picking <laughs> mates. And, like, I mean, I don't think that's a good example. Well, like, that goes without saying. 
Anyway, right, so, so there's a quiz, right? So yeah, I guess there's a quiz. So this is the uh, this is the quiz. Uh, it's titled the Three Fucking Years Yo Podcast Quiz. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, we're, Braxton, we keep, I love you. We, yeah, we like to keep it real. Braxton's the best. He's He's a little judgy sometimes when it comes to guys posting drinking on the pot on the, the guild, but I don't think he's judgy. I don't know. He I just doesn't like participate. He's judgy about people checking their phone during games. Oh yeah, he doesn't like that. Yeah, that's that's faux pas. Because that's just rude. But he's know, but but he's right. He's judgy about it. <laughs> he's judgy. He's rightfully judgy. <laughs> All right. So anyway, there's a quiz. So let's do it. Uh, for each listed description of actions in the Vietnam War. State the coined, the coined operation name that is most associated with. So, I guess I'm going to describe a bunch of actions in the Vietnam War, and you have to tell me the operation name. All right? This is very exciting. The sustained. This is, this is going to be ugly. Duck, shut up! I'm trying to do the question here. The sustained <laughs> bombing campaign of North Vietnam from '65 to '68. What is the operation name? Uh, linebacker. Incorrect. Operation Rolling Thunder. Uh, joint actions by the 1st and 2nd U.S. Cavalry Divisions and Arvin Forces in the Ia Drang Valley and Pleiku Province in 1965. That's Ia Drang. What is the, uh, what is the operation name? Uh, Silver Bayonet. You are correct. Also, a soon-to-be best-selling game by GMT. <laughs> That's the only reason I know. If we only knew the guy who made that game. I know. I if only we had a jackass. I mean, he's no Mark Herman, but he's, he's okay, I guess. He's about to be. Who is? Yeah. Who is? Yeah. He's no uh, hair doctor, either. Yeah, well, definitely oh, yeah. no Mark Kerman because he's not on not every single. Though he he's on almost every podcast. <laughs> so Mitch Mitch has done a run of podcasts. So he's, I think he's actually been on all the podcasts. Yeah, is he? Is he? He's making a run for the Mark Kerman status. Has Has he been on Guns, Dice, and Butter though? I don't yeah. think he has. I don't know. He might not. Have. Oh no! You know what I'm thinking. About three minutes ahead. Well, yeah, he's no Mark Herman. But... Yeah, that's <sighs> a, the problem is he he's like he can't tell any stories about what happened when he was at SI, like how they would order pizza. Or something. So, so he's immediately and, and out. hit on the interns. He's like, oh yeah, we'd order pizza and play games. I'm like, oh my god, I've only heard this story from the other 29 guys who were in the room on the other 29 episodes. <laughs> But all love. We love everyone. We don't hate. We're just, we, we're do. Just, we, we do. We do. I like guns, dice, and butter, too. We're, we're poking. It's, it's only poking. Different. Okay, so anyway, back to the quiz. Uh, B-52 Strato Fortresses, bombing campaign against Viet Cong and NVA military installations and troop concentrations. B-52s. What's the operation? Uh, linebacker. Incorrect. Operation Arclight. Oh, yeah. I would never have gotten that one. You would never have gotten it, and you did not never. get it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like how I just I just, just say an answer? I don't I don't you're like I don't try and it was at least it an air campaign. Right. You're, yeah, you're like you're like, hey, if you if you had asked me that question, I would not have gotten it. I'm like, I did ask you that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say if. I said I never would have gotten it. No matter how you would have worded it, I never would have gotten that question. 
Okay. Uh, Battle of Docto. Docto. You, you might be that completely was... fucked for the rest of these things. So. Oh, wait, hey. I'm pretty much. By the way, did I mention this podcast is explicit? So, hey, kids, uh, don't let your parents know you listen. Don't turn the podcast so, off. That's it. Bye. <laughs> Bye, kids. We'll see you in 10 years. <laughs> the Battle of Docto was Doc-to. part of an operation. Docto. D A K space T O. I know that one's not linebacker. You don't. <laughs> Stop <laughs> saying linebacker. You can't say linebacker. linebacker. <laughs> You've already used the position. That's the only one I can remember. You don't have to feel bad. I don't. I don't know this one off the top of my head either. You're like Operation To Be Determined. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call it Operation Butt Munch. That's my final answer. That is incorrect. It was Operation MacArthur. You're a terrible person. Mm. Okay, uh, the final. Your disapproval is like <laughs> that's right. manna to me. I Dave. know, I know. You love it. You love it. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have a bombing campaign around the besieged Quezon combat base in 1968. So basically, Quezon uh, besieged. They're bombing around the base, and of course, the jerk off Air Force guys have to make it a complete operation. <laughs> so, what's the name of that operation? Oh. <laughs> Can we just give up? Just give up at this point. No, no, no. I'm not giving up. I thought I'm going to call it what? linebacker. <laughs> it's perfect time for linebacker. I thought I thought your answer was going to be wind's breath. You're just like you know what would be funny <sighs> is if I don't get the one that's linebacker. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Operation Niagara. No. Oh, okay. So never heard of it. You, Thank you, you, Braxton. You're doing okay. You're a one out of four. To, let me let me just get this straight. So, Jason, how many of those would you have gotten? Two. Wow, Braxton, you're a dick. That, that's pretty bad. Jason, would you? Wait, really, no. Would there, you... there was no. There were five. You would have gotten. I would have gotten three. Three. Yeah, I would have gotten three. The first three. But you wouldn't have gotten Niagara, right? No. No. Would yeah. you have gotten MacArthur? No. Wow. No. Yeah. Hey, Blaine. Braxton's a dick. Blaine Wikipedia. And I think I've read a read a book about Docto, but no. <laughs> Okay, so uh, question two. You're doing great. You're uh, one out of five. I mean, this means we, that you're not going to delete the podcast. That's right. Like you you did, exactly. Uh, that's right. You got one right. You are right. So this this question is titled, It's Time for Name That Opposing Commander. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this is now going to always be a thing. So, all right. Come on now. Good job. Good job, Braxton. For each listed battle and commander, name the commanding officer of the opposing army. The Battle of Naseby, 1645, King Charles I. Name who opposed him. What was the year? 1645. It's obviously like the English Civil War. Yeah, Cromwell maybe? I don't know. He specifically says not Cromwell. That's an incorrect answer. Sir Thomas Fairfax. Fuck. <laughs> That's right. He says he just put his thumb right in your eyeball. All right. <laughs> that, so that's wrong. Uh, the next, the next battle is the Battle of Thermopylae. King Xerxes, the first of Persia, was opposed by. And don't say the guy with ten dickups because that doesn't count. <laughs> that's uh, Leonidas. That's right, King Leonidas of Sparta. Nice. Really into core core fitness. That guy did a lot of core working out. So. <laughs> the 300, it was a good movie. That's right. That's right. That was a good movie. A lot of working out going on there. 
Yeah, a lot of air guys with a lot of sweaty abs. He also set the bar very high for himself. I think he's he's suffering from that since then. But okay, so uh, the defense or battle of Rourke's drift. Our person is Prince Dabulamanzi Kampande from the Zulus. Who is his opponent? I knew that side. Yeah, right. You were all over that. (laughs) Uh, You're like he's the guy that commanded the loins of the formation. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, Rourke. It's Lieutenant John Chard. I would have gotten Rourke also. Chard. (laughs) The next one is the Battle of Chickamauga. I'm not going to tell you the date because that would be embarrassing for all of us. Uh, Our commander is, ironically, Braxton Bragg. Who is his opponent? Um, Rosencrantz. You're correct. Williams Rosencrantz. That's the first correct answer in this question. Hey. No, he got Leonidas. I got Leonidas. Oh, that's right. He did get that one right, too. So, I'm sorry. I'm keeping track. (laughs) Jason's got to keep track. I like to just just (laughs) want to make sure that Jason's keeping track. So, that's zero out of ten. How we doing? All right. (laughs) All right. So, lead the podcast. Bob, so next is the Battle of Alam el Halfa in 1942. Uh, Our general is Erwin Rommel. Who is your general? 1942. Um, No question of surrender. Yeah, I haven't played that. Yeah, 1942. It was a thing. Is it too it early for Montgomery? I'm, th- I'm not doing my final answer yet. No, it, it happened. 1942 was a big thing. It was a year. <laughs> it was a big year. <laughs> I, I'll just Montgomery. You are correct, sir. Bernard Montgomery. Woo-hoo! Way to go. All right, question three. Oh, I'm pretty sure we've asked this before, but way to go, Braxton. Name the five Normandy beaches that were the targets for the main amphibious assault Sweet. in the invasion of Western Europe, June 1944. So basically, you if you don't get this softball. right, if you don't get this right, you not only don't listen, like follow history, you don't even listen to the fucking podcast because we've done this question. <laughs> no, so, although careful, I might still not get all five. So name all five <laughs> Normandy beaches. All right, <clears throat> Utah. Uh, Omaha, uh, Sword, Juno, and Gold. Oh, you're so... Yes. He nailed them all, folks. Good job. Nicely what done. Way to go, buddy. The, the terrorists... <laughs> well, have, that one was good. The terrorists have not won. We're still... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're getting to my favorite part. This is the bonus question, and I'm going to I'm going to give Jason a chance to explain uh, why bonus you know what you is need. better. Than you need Jesse to make you a bonus question. Song. No, no, I know it's it's not. The <laughs> but same. then I have to cut it. It's, it's my it's, <laughs> it's my favorite part. Where uh, so Jason, um, so, are these are these bonus questions worth any more than any other questions? So Duck, you need to really concentrate on these on this next question. These next four to five answers because they're worth exactly the same as everything else so, so really focus and get them because they're worth just the same as everything else you're okay. actually doing really well so, so i did the thing in front of my face and so now i've got my game face on right i, right. I put my hand down below my face and it's all Lion duck, face, duck, duck, serious face. face okay so i'm ready right. to so go hold on let me get a let me get a handle on it so jason i am the warrior jason you're telling me that these questions are worth 
no more than any other questions? Nope, ex exactly the same. Now I am ready to do the rest <laughs> of the podcast. So, in fact, Braxton even put on it in italics, not worth a bonus, just to fuck with your head, the bonus questions. <laughs> it's just the last question, so it's bonus, because the quiz is almost over. Name five battles that took place at a fort during the French and Indian War from, <laughs> oh, from nice. 1754 to 1763. Oh, these are going to be so good. I can't <laughs> wait to hear them. All right, let's go. So... There's a bunch of battles. We need five battles. To Fort Mohegan. Oh. And Braxton, Braxton put this in. He goes, and no, Fort Wilderness didn't exist. <laughs> Mel Gibson made that one up. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. How about Fort Pitt? The Battle of Fort Pitt. Incorrect. How many of these do I have to name? Five. Incorrect. Four now? Now only four. Um, oh, wait. Wasn't there a... How about let's do the Battle of Fort Necessity? That is correct. Woo. Nicely done. Um, and I think... Um, there was a Battle of Fort Henry, maybe? Are you Ralphing that answer? Is that actually no? Answer? I'm saying that's my answer. <laughs> Battle of Fort Henry. That is incorrect. Damn it. Um, how many do I have left to guess? Two. Two. You have two left. Yep. Two. Uh, this is five battles that took place at a fort during the French and Indian War. How about um, the Battle of Fort Niagara? That is correct. All right. Nice. And then the Battle of Fort Suck My Dick, Braxton. That is incorrect, though I wish it was a true answer. I wish that, that fort a... was a little ahead of its time. We may build that fort one day. That fort might actually exist. So <laughs> we need to, we need to have a Kickstarter. So basically, the uh, the forts are Fort Bull, Fort Oswego, Fort William Henry, Fort Carillion, Fort Frontenac, uh, Fort Niagara, Fort Necessity. Fort Duquesne, 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 I don't know, D-U-Q-U-E-S-E, Fort Ligonier, and Fort Ticonderoga, which you might have guessed, but you didn't. Oh, I could have gotten know. that one, yeah. That one I probably should have gotten. Such a, I think such a loser. Oswego is in New York, isn't it? I probably should have gotten that one. Yeah. Yeah. Could have. Because I used to live there. Could have, should have. Could have, should have. Yeah. I'm content. I'm happy with my answers. All right, so uh, I especially like the last. So, Jason, what's the overall? Uh, that's eleven out. That's eleven out of twenty. Pretty, it's it's kind of sad that solid F. That that is fifty five percent is like a passing grade, I think, in the podcast. So, oh yeah, that's that's pretty yeah, solid. We're grading on the curve here. No, you're doing good. You're good. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, quick, quick garbage mention. I wanted to mention this. Um, heard a lot. Uh, I, I I go to mass Catholic mass quite a bit, so I've done some research on this, but. Uh, there's a lot of talk about prodigal sons, you know, like the prodigal son, like a guy will come home from college and be like, oh, the prodigal son returns. Um, that's not what that story is It's not a fucking about. compliment to call somebody a prodigal son. 
Like no, no, that was like, yeah. He wasn't so a good guy. Can we just say for the record, like, like I think people think that like if so, you haven't seen someone in a while or you haven't heard from them. Oh, the prodigal son returns. <laughs> um, that's fucking really insulting to the person because the prodigal son <laughs> was like the biggest fuck up in the entire family who wasted everything and and basically the whole story is basically that the father is there. The son is one son. One son leaves. One son stays. The son who stays does all this hard work and does everything. But he doesn't leave, right? He's sold into slavery because his brothers right. think he's a piece of well, shit. No, no, no. You're, I think you're thinking of something different. The prodigal son's story. Yeah, no, that's, that's a different story. Part of the you're thinking like story. Jacob and the multicolored whatever the fuck story. You're, you're fair. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> I am. I am. But, but the, the general prodigal son story is the son leaves. He's a complete layabout fuck off. Blows everything. Loses whatever. In debt. Comes back destitute to the family and is like oh father take me back so the one son who's like well i've been like good the good son why the fuck would you just embrace him like i should be treated and the, the whole point is that the message is that even though you're completely fucked up and you are a jackass you're going to be embraced back in and we're going to we're going to treat you okay so it always and plus, your brother has this kick-ass coat now. Yeah, right. We're getting, yeah, right. <laughs> it's going back to my we're story. We're going to make a multicolored coat just as good, maybe even better than what your brother had. And we're going to give this it to this should be a new section of the podcast. Mixed biblical stories. That's right. That's right. <laughs> when, when, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not going to give it up. biblical stories cross. You really when he was talk, inside the fish, Dave. You really want to talk about this fucking <laughs> like, stu- coat story. He's got this great Columbia and jacket. And it's got an insert. And everyone was fed. <laughs> but the point, my point is, I hear all the time when people are like, oh, the, like I, I think one of the things I noticed at first was when Lucas came back, and Lucas is like, hey, like Lucas will rage quit, and then he'll join the, he'll join the guild. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna mention that when I called Lucas the prodigal son, I knew what I was talking about. I just wanted to make <laughs> that so clear. Really, it's a bit of a layabout because if you call someone literally the prodigal son, you're basically saying you are the biggest fucking loser. And you're basically coming crawling back like agua. Like I have, no- I have nothing. <laughs> like I need need from you. And uh, it's not a compliment. So don't call a guy who's been in college and comes back after three years. Oh, the prodigal son returns. Technically, you're fucking insulting him because the prodigal son is the biggest fuck off in the family. So I just wanted to say that for. Biblical well, purpose. well, Lucas is playing Euros, right? So that's true. There's that. That is true. There is the Euro perspective. By the way, Lucas, I love you, man. Don't rage. But I, I just want to mention up. it because I have heard it and I've seen it used quite a bit, where people use the prodigal son metaphor. And really, if you actually follow the Bible at all, you'll know that the prodigal son is not a compliment to give to someone, or it's not even neutral. You're basically insulting them, calling them. You're basically saying them yeah, they're the fucked a, up son who couldn't make it on his own, who's come back. Failure, and the father embraces him. So, okay. Um, so I, I I had a couple other garbage time things I want to mention. Um, first is I think it's ironic that I can go through a uh, a really rigorous uh, metal detector system in the airport terminal and get completely screened, and then I can go to the restaurant in the terminal and grab a steak knife off the restaurant and walk onto the plane. <laughs> So I just wanted to mention that I don't want to I don't want to give any yeah. ins to like terrorists, but I think it's kind of ridiculous that they're going to like make me take my shoes off and they're worried about if I have a box a box cutter or anything. But 
Yeah, you can't but then I, I get onto the terminal and there's like a steakhouse there and they, they actually serve me full silverware, including like a steak knife. And I can literally walk on the plane with the steak knife. Okay. That's it. Those things all have tracking devices. Right, have right. you tried oh, it? I'm sure. Yeah, I, I haven't tried it because I don't want to be that guy, but uh, it gets wrestled to the ground. Again. I was actually in an airport restaurant. Um about a month and a half ago, and they ran out of silverware. Like, you, you, there are only so many people who can sit in this place. Have double that. You're you're charging me fifteen dollars for a hamburger. You can afford an extra fork. Everybody's taking them for the plane, man. But that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I didn't I think, think about that. Plane takeover. Maybe everybody just took they're, on the plane. So the, yeah, <laughs> so the 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 uh, uh, ISIS guys will be like, "We're taking them this plane," and then all the other people will be like, "We're taking them this plane with our steak knives," and they'll all hold each other's <laughs> knife point. And it's the we have first. <laughs> that's right. They'll start snapping. Everybody when starts snapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's maybe that's the problem with ISIS. They don't have like a good mascot yet. They need to get like an animal that's going to represent them. Yeah, like they a, need a theme, like an yeah. angry groundhog, or what would be. <laughs> and they need to roll up their cigarette packs yeah. and their I mean, white t-shirts. They've got the wrapping up in uniforms, but they don't actually have an animal that's going to represent them, like a, a and a catchy theme, like a desert lizard. <laughs> like, a, like I'm a desert lizard, and I'm really committed to Islam. Or a camel spider. That's right. Who knows? Ooh. No. Yeah. Those things are gnarly. Maybe that's part of the problem that we don't even know what animals to reference when we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not a there's not a lot out there. Yeah. They're like they're like, hey, we're ISIS. We're the sand mite. <laughs> Our sand mites are gonna get you. We're I mean, you might ignore us at first, but then the sand mites are know, gonna that, start accumulating that, all over you. You gotta really deal with us. That nasty flesh eating disease is pretty gnarly. Oh, that's right. Maybe there'll be a virus. Who knows? No. Well. Okay. So, so so I'm I'm going on a trip and I purchased a surveillance system for my house. Do, do either of you guys have a surveillance system? No, my wife wants one, but I'm constantly talking to her. So I bought the uh, Arlo wireless uh, camera system on Amazon. I think I got it for like 500 bucks or whatever with tax or whatever. So uh, it took me literally like 30 minutes to set it up, and it goes onto your phone. So uh, it came with three cameras. I installed two outside, one next to my door on the inside. One in your bedroom. No, no, oh, zero in my bedroom. <laughs> Because yeah, the webcast link is yeah, well, yeah. Let's not to be too frank, but let's be honest. I mean, it would be motion sensitive, and I don't think there'd be a lot of feedback there. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my life, it's so tragic. Okay, anyway, yeah. all us old married guys shed yeah, the, a tear. The cougar, the cougar has gone into hibernation, so she's not quite what she was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was at lunch with the guy recently, and he's like, "Yeah, my wife, she's still hoping for that girl." I said, "You keep her hoping for that as long as you can, because exactly. the longer she hopes, the exactly. more the actual people." Yep. I said, "As long, yeah, I said, as, long as there's hope, there'll be action." As long as there's hope, there's hope. So anyway, so I got this camera system. It's actually pretty cool because uh, literally, it showed up. I, maybe I'm saying literally too much. Let's just assume from now on that if I'm talking about stuff, it's literally happening. I'm not speaking figuratively. I think, I think you, but you're using I, it correctly at least. So the, the camera system shows up, and in about 30 minutes, I have it set up. So I have two cameras 
you just have to screw on a uh, a little base that has like a half metal uh, ball on it. And then the cameras themselves are magnetic, so they can rotate on the ball wherever you want them to go. So if the camera runs out of batteries, you just pull it out, pull it right off the magnetic the metal ball, and you can replace the batteries. So the cool thing is it all runs through your phone, so you can look at live, you can, you can uh, change the motion uh, sensitivity or how long they record, all from your phone. So it's all off your phone. And it all gets recorded on the cloud. So if a guy breaks in your house, he can't like grab your computer and like take it. It's cloud recorded, so he can't change the video. Sure. But but now Mark Zuckerberg has access to it. Well, it is a, is it Ar, is Arlo run by Facebook? I don't know. Everything well, is. I mean, er, everything is. Well, the other, the other part of it I thought was funny was like the uh, camera I had inside, uh, my daughter, I noticed it had been moved a, an inch. I'm like, who touched the fucking camera? And the, my kids are like, oh, not me. So I go to my wife's phone and I, I pop up the, the video <laughs> and there's a picture of my, my eight-year-old looking right in the fucking camera. <laughs> like she picked it up and put it back down. So I think it's pretty good. Um, Another tip. So so far, the only suspects that have been caught, I, I have been caught a couple of times uh, running to my car to grab a dip out of my car and then <laughs> gleefully doing a jig on the way back with a, a dip in my hand. With, so so that's that's a downside. Like if you're doing stuff like that. So my Did wife, your wife like, see that? Yeah, my wife is like, yeah, I saw you go out to your car at like 11 30 at night. What are you like, doing what, out what there? Are you doing there? I think you're playing Vassal. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Well, oh, that is I wanted hilarious. to check on the car. <laughs> so I left my keys in my car. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's basically the the gist of the uh, the, the oh that's the awesome. other thing I do, and I don't know if you guys want to ever do this, but this might be considered. My wife thinks this is kind of crazy. I have a like we're leaving on the Disney cruise. I have a garbage can in my garage that I bought that has no no garbage in it. And what I do is when I leave on vacation, I put all my valuables in that garbage can. So laptop computers, jewelry, guns, whatever I might have that I think is valuable, I put in that plastic garbage can and I put some stuff over it and I throw some like sawdust or whatever on it and then I leave it in there. Now my wife thinks that's completely nuts, but my logic is always the bad guys would never look in that thing. So except maybe they're podcast listeners. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the truthfully, my, my whole thing about having the video up is not like, I don't want to catch the guys who break into my house. I want to deter the guys who break into my house. So, right, my, yeah, so my cameras are out where they can see them. If I could literally, I'm, I'm one step short of putting a sign up that says, I have cameras on my house, but my neighbors sure don't. <laughs> like, have arrows like, pointing to either side. <laughs> well, you could have a little map. Here are my neighbors. That have no security system. Well, because recently in California, we've had a huge uptick in crime because uh, it, oh, it's shocking, shocking because the legislature and the governor have decided that they're going to start doing early release for people who aren't committing nonviolent crimes. Uh, and these people are burglars. And it's it's just amazing that after that happens, uh, suddenly the, the headline on the newspaper for my newspaper is burglaries on the rise in my town. So... So it's been kind of interesting how uh, we've, we, and in fact, we had a couple neighbors. The reason I bought the security system is we had some neighbors who recently scared off some people who were like messing with their car. Like they pulled up and were trying to like get in their car and then their dog started barking and they ran out. And so, so kind of, kind of been happening around us. So I figured, shit, yeah. I'm buying a fucking system. So 
Yeah, that uh, I think I think you're uh, I think you're an alarmist, Dave. I don't think there can be any possible correlation between so letting duck, criminals you out. Duck, duck, you don't have anything there. You don't have surveillance or anything. Nope. You have an alarm. Nope. What what's your what's your recourse if someone decides to break into your house? It would be the same with or without an alarm. You're going to be basically a good witness at that point. Yeah. You're going to be like, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, <laughs> I'm I, a heavy sleeper. That's what I'm counting on. I won't hear. I won't feel it when it, when the blow comes. That's right. You, you have a dog or anything or no? No. Wow. We have a pretty tight neighborhood, so people kind of watch out for each other. That's the only thing I got. Well, it's funny because I almost kind of saw these guys when they were messing with my neighbor's car because I, I was having trouble sleeping that night. So uh, my dog started barking. I ran up, said I heard a car alarm. And I looked out and I saw, but I, I think I saw the neighbors out. There. I didn't see the actual bad guys running around. So, but that's my technique. I mean, I don't think that's it's a it's not a hard technique to pull off to do the trash can strategy to hide all your valuables in the trash can. So, I mean, because. Because my, my wife was like, oh, we'll put them in the safe. I'm like, yeah, they're going to take the safe. Like, if if we're gone for eight days, that safe is not going to be here when we're gone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so why would you put your shit in the safe? That's an interesting idea. It's a little kooky. And by kooky, you mean, did you mean quirky? Because kooky sounds yes. like an insult. Quirky sounds like... It's quirky. <laughs> it's unique. It's, it's very Dave. I'll say is that. that is that too Dave? Is that too Dave? Like maybe like uh, it's not too Dave. It's just I feel like Dave. Brad would do it. Uh, Fertile Spade, Fertile Spade would be like, yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's a good idea. Um, maybe John Allgood would think that was a good idea. Like, am I getting to the edge of my like Pete Gade would think bad idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Pete Gade would. I think I think Rex Gator would think good idea. Oh, you think really? Rex is you think be more conservative? I don't know. Oh yeah, I definitely think yeah. Brad would be more like. Fuck yes. I'm buying a trash can. Yeah, game. you're not doing enough. <laughs> you need to buy three trash cans. You need to make he, Brad would say I need to make I need to make one of those one of those fucking uh, Russian dolls where the, the trash cans are all inside <laughs> each other. You're you're throwing away a trash can. The thieves are like, "Oh, we're exhausted. How many trash cans do we have to open to get into this trash?" Cuz these are the thieves that are carrying away your safe, but they wouldn't just carry away the trash can. <laughs> The thieves open the, but there's only garbage. The thieves in there. open the big trash can. They're like, oh my god, there's a smaller trash can. Now there's a smaller trash can. And they finally get down to the end. They're like, oh, we're exhausted. We can't search anymore. We're done. You know what? You should really put like a layer of kitty litter on top. That would do it. Like used litter. Spent. Or yeah. maybe I should just take a shit right on top of the valuables. And then they're like, oh, too much. We can't even take this guy's stuff. Like, right. I've marked it. Like I'm going to pee all over the trash can. All right, too far. Probably too far. So, too too yeah, far. Too far. Right. So is the cruise just on the water, it's, or do you guys go it's somewhere? It's Disney. It's going to Alaska. I'm a little concerned because I've never been on a cruise before, and I'm kind of worried that I'm going to be, like, stuck on a ship looking out the window at you, stuff. No, you're literally going to be stuck on a ship. That's what a cruise yeah, is. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's my thing. Now, it's free, so it's been offered to me for free. So we're all we're oh, going. Oh yeah, that's nice. And it's Disney, so I assume they're going to take the kids. Uh, my concern is, and there's booze. Yeah, there is booze, but they charge you for all the booze. So I feel like they're provoking me into buying more booze. But Doesn't that defeat the purpose of a no, cruise? No, I thought that was no the thing. Way. Is it's all almost inclusive? No, 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 no booze is never booze is almost Except never sometimes, Go will give you uh, some amount of included booze. 
I've never been on a cruise, but my parents do it all the time. So I'm anti-cruise now. Is my sister basically, my sister put me on this Facebook group that's like, uh, like all these women that are excited about the cruise. And I've been watching them, and I'm kind of worried because I'm like, is there a load plan for this ship? Because these ladies. <laughs> what is the max I'm capacity? Worried, I'm worried that one whale siding off the bow could capsize the entire ship <laughs> if, everyone, if everyone were to rush over there. I'm like, I'm like, no, we need to be reasonable with this. I mean, it needs, like, honestly, like, I get that you want to have your balcony on this side, but yeah, for safety, you need to be in the middle of the ship. We're gonna put you. <laughs> we're gonna put you in a room <laughs> called the Lower Decks. I'm looking at these ladies. I'm just like, oh my god! And they're all super into Disney. They're like obsessed with Disney. Like, Ugh. like they paint Disney shit Ugh. on their fucking suitcases, and they've got no. the bows in their hair. So I'm bringing a bunch of card games uh, to play. I saw that. So, I saw the picture. What do you stalk Facebook, Jason? No, my wife does. No, Jason's no. Jason's on Facebook. Oh, is he? I'm I'm covertly on. Oh, Facebook. that's right. Dave posted that public. He didn't post that in the panic. Room. I did post that public because I couldn't put it on the stupid group. I don't even know why I did it. I was drunk. I don't know why I shared it with those fucking. <laughs> no, that's that's plenty. That's reason. I don't know enough. why I shared it with those yeah. hogs. No, that's good. But they're they're horrible people. Most of them. So <laughs> I, I like not like I want to meet them. So I don't know. So I'm, I'm I'm kind of like worried about the whole thing. Not just the capsizing part, but I'm also worried in general. <laughs> Like I'm not that into Disney, so I I, yeah. I love that my kids will be gone, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not that much into Disney or water or Alaska. So yeah. well, well, you can eat. Well, I do like food. Does, I do like okay. Food. So does anybody need, speak? Wait, does anybody, speaking of okay. food, John Allgood and I shared a a bountiful feast in Dallas. I've Basically, just got off of a three-week road tr trip. For Are you work. seriously? You hooked, up, um, you hooked up with the medicine man? Yeah, yeah. I was in Dallas for two days last week. Um, no, I was out there for three days. So one day I set aside, and John and I met downtown. I don't know if it's downtown. We met at this place called Blind Butcher that do hand cranked sausages and all these like crazy smoked meats and. We ate you are Jason, all the you meat. are such a fucking hipster. You're like, you're like it's got to be a quirky food group, or I'm not going. There. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I need local and you know craft cocktails and artisanal, um, artisanal. Yep. Yeah. So we had this. Uh, they're like they're like we guarantee that our belly milk, poutine. They're, they're like and... we guarantee our milk has polio in it. You're like I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> it has to have polio. Or I'm I am there. Yeah. Yeah. Wh there why have you not come on. to Portland then? Uh, so I flew into Portland on Monday. Um, I was planning on being able to be there for a little bit, but my my flight was delayed. And, and duck. Let's be honest. So that's kind of sad. Right. So that's kind of right. hurt. So my flight was delayed past when it was supposed to land is when we took off. And then I had to drive um, to Bend. Do you know where Bend is? Yes. <laughs> so I was out that way. Uh, for a meeting, so I drove three hours that way. Had a meeting, basically fell asleep, and then drove back the next morning. I'm still hurt. So not much was done hurt. in Portland. Hurt in my heart. I know. I'm hoping to get back out there in July. So I'll. I'll yeah, let that's you know. basically right. a straightforward rejection. He's like, "Yeah, I was in town." It was. I said, "You know what? I'm yeah. here, 
And I, he's I like, I literally drove an by hour before my plane leaves. I drove leaves. by your house. I Ubered. I peed in he's your like, front yard Ubered. and didn't tell you, hey, let's go get a craft right. I Ubered by your house. So. <laughs> well, I have. Uh, and duck work is going well? No, work sucks it's ass. Can you, I assume, but you're I employed. You I'm still employed. It. I assume you cannot discuss work. So uh, I can discuss how much it sucks. That's right. And, and that you're surprisingly that's, that's that when you get rid of a lot of people, even the people who remain behind have a shitload of fuck. Ugh, pissing me off. Anyway, yeah, isn't that isn't that weird? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, like how the business is running normally, and then you carve out a third of it, and suddenly there's problems. That's weird. Yeah, and 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 if you use the excuse like, "Well, you fired the guy that used to do that," they don't like to hear it. <laughs> my my heart goes out to you. I, yeah, it's. I think I told you, but I I've, I've been thinking about you. I appreciate it. it it's it it is what it is. So, uh, do, do we want to get more drinks, or do we want to take a break? I do. Hour and break, yeah, I need hour more drinks. Four. I already is, took is my break. Is it easier though. to break or just let it run? Just right, let, let it run. run. I'll just All right, cut so it let's out. go get our drinks. Yeah. Okay, All right, boys. Jason could just do a monologue. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, just this riff. <laughs> should Should I sing a song? Jason? This is your time because from what I've, I get to start my no, review. My, my, yeah, my negative uh, reviews are I don't let you talk enough, so just fucking knock yourself out for the last five minutes. <laughs> Who has said that? No one has said that. <laughs> that was in the survey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll be back. I'll be back. All right. But seriously, we're never sending out a survey. Ever, ever, ever. Do we have dead air? A little bit. We have an appropriate amount of dead air. I thought you were going to sing something. <clears throat> I ran out of material. All right, I'm down. We're all back. Hallelujah. That was good timing. So everyone's happy now? We're all back. We all have our stuff we need. Three fingers. For now. Okay, so <laughs> I, I do have a... Uh... <laughs> you have to at least address three fingers. <laughs> I won't. I refuse. No, he's going to blow I right refuse. by. I refuse. All right. He's going to blow the three fingers. What's, what's three right. fingers? What's that mean? Three fingers of scotch. Yeah. For who? The fucking shit. That's how much you poured. What? That's a lot that's of scotch. Like a, that's like a normal drink for me. <laughs> okay. Like I'm literally well, looking at my bushmills, and it's like, you know what? I was I saw a, an, a, an ESPN special, and like this guy who does, I guess, his show for the PGA. He's Irish, and he was talking about how he, I guess, he had had like a big time drinking problem before, and uh, uh, he was he said he would drink like two to three bottles of bushmills a day. Oh my it's gosh. That is That's a, a shit. lot. No, I could drink one I could is probably a lot. drink a whole bottle. Like if I started early and like my wife would not be happy about the results, but but no. I can I like I can do a half yeah. if I'm at home. But but I'm not proud yeah. of that. Like if I drink a half, I'm like, I fucking overdid that shit. <laughs> like that was Yeah. That was probably it hurts. getting silly last night. But every day, like that—that—that's like a Friday, so that you can be hungover for Saturday and Sunday. That's right. That might day. be like a Thursday where I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna fucking." I had a long. Oh like, yeah, you don't. For me, I work four days, so uh, I get home Friday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, and I'm like, uh, "Quote unquote." Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, uh, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna like hang out and 
get loose tonight, so I'm gonna post some shit, see what big guys say. I mean, actually, the funny thing is, posting on the guild encourages me to drink. Because I yeah, put shit up, yeah. and then I want to see what other guys are posting, and then like you like you're having some drinks, and like maybe if the guild was there, it was just me and my wife staring at each other watching an episode of Mister Robot, <laughs> like Watch, watching Robot. Like, right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, I need to get some fucking drinks for this shit. <laughs> but I think BGG and the Facebook panic room like kind of encouraged me to like drink a little bit, so. Well, I'm still trying to get my hands around that panic room. I just, I don't, are I don't you understand that, that program. You that? I'm, yeah, you, you made me get on it. He's in COVID. it? Oh, so there was a funny thing where I got into an argument with a lady on, on Jason's, on Jason's <laughs> wife's Facebook feed, and Jason's yeah. wife got really upset. And I think I was getting off an airplane or something, and Dave was texting. I was me like, about I was it. like, yeah, I think your wife is going to unfriend me now because, like, I got some like normally <laughs> normal Facebook shit. If it's not on our in our panic room where we're like safe, uh, I avoid stuff. Except if it's my cousin, I have a cousin who's pretty up on Paran, and he's he's a pretty smart guy. But uh, Jason's wife had posted something. I don't know if she realized that when she posted, it's shared with everybody who's friends with her. So it was it was shared yes, to yeah. me, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then then her friend said something, and that was shared with me, and I'm like, "Okay." So I posted some stuff, and then it, and then <laughs> and then in, in the end, Jason's wife is kind of like, uh, "I really only want to use this for like putting up pictures of my kid and stuff." So then I, <laughs> she like deleted everything that anybody said. So I did try. I did I try to give Jason a heads up, like. Hey, I think your wife is going to be mad at me at this, but but I thought no, it was, she, I was I was no, very nice. I wasn't like trying to be a dick about. Oh it, yeah, but I was just trying to be reasonable. Yeah, it wasn't a problem. Yeah, Mike, if you're on the on the panic room, and if if you, Mike, Mike, don't stop recording. Mike stopped recording. Yeah. Oh, oh fucking asshole! Oh, that sucks. What the fuck did you do? Oh. Can you not see a red button that you don't have to press? What the fuck is your problem, duck? That hurts my heart. I hit the space anyway. bar lock and then it stopped recording. Oh, God damn it! Yeah. This, if if you if you inhabit the panic room, you'll you'll know who I am. Deal, dealing with amateurs very difficult. I do inhabit the panic room. He's on. He's on. And there. I don't know who you he's are. He's on there. But apparently, I'm pretty clueless. He's on there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I. Jason looks like a very old Vietnamese man. And I, I and I look, Thanks, Dave. And I look like away. a very old white guy in a U.S. Army uniform. Exactly. And I've had, I've had, that's, I've that's the had idea. guys be like, "Well, you're clearly much older than me." I'm like, uh, "That's a picture of Westmoreland. Like, that's not my picture. Like, like, like I'm 45 years old, dude. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not in like, yeah, I wasn't playing ball in the yeah, 70s. I'm like, I'm not in prime fighting shape, but I don't think I'm like that old. <laughs> we can, so whatever. All right. Okay. So let me tell this one thing. I have an adventure I wanted to tell. This is an experience I had. I wanted to share with you guys and with the uh, 1,100 people who listen to the podcast. Are you guys ready for this? Ready. All right. So I had I had done this presentation at my work, and uh, it, 
it, it required a lot of work and it was like videotape and it was a big deal. It was a big, big, it was a big presentation to a couple hundred people. And so, uh, uh, it was well received and I, I was up on a, so later on, like maybe like a week later, I was up on a floor, a couple of floors above my floor. Uh, and it's not like a game of paranoia. I was allowed to be up there. I had authorization to be on that floor. And, uh, I, I happened to be walking through the hallways and, and there was a supervisor there who was, uh, she had sent a really nice uh, message, like email to my boss, basically telling her what a great job I did. And she was very complimentary about my job in the presentation. So I, I thought I would just stop by uh, the supervisor's office and just say basically, like, thanks for sending that. So it was really nice. So she really, she put together a really nice email that she sent to my boss basically saying, hey, Dave did a great job. You know, it was really good. Everyone really liked it. So, um, so I stop into this uh, supervisor's office and I'm basically like, hey, thanks for uh, sending that email. I really appreciate it. And she turns to look at me. And as I'm talking to her, um, in my peripheral vision, like I'm standing in her office. And the office is maybe like a 10 by 10 office. I'm standing. She's twisted to talk to me. And she's seated. And I'm talking to her. And as I'm talking to her, I realize in my bottom peripheral vision, one of her boobs is completely out of her dress. Oh, so it's so, <laughs> very so it's like a it's like a forty year old virgin situation. Like when he's doing the speed dating, and the girls, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like, so I'm like I'm like oh my god I'm like I'm oh, so I'm like, I'm like I'm like what the fuck do I do like. She is a high-ranking person, like way, way higher rank than me. Well, she would not aware of this situation. I'm completely unaware. She's talking to me. <laughs> the worst part is, she will not stop making eye contact with me while we're talking. So I can't even do the glance down to check, like, like what am I observing here? Like, what, what do we have? Do we have nipple? Do we not have nipple? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what the situation is. So I am like fucking panicking. And I'm standing, like basically in front of her desk, and she's sitting. And so she's like, yeah, you know, maybe we could do that for other agencies or like other departments. You could go out and you could do, do this and you could do this present. And I'm like, can we please stop talking for like a second? Like, can you look away for like a millisecond? Because I need to look down and verify that what I'm seeing is what I think I'm seeing. So I'm like in a cold sweat, like just dying, looking there. And this conversation lasts for like 10 minutes. And this is kind of busty. Uh, but literally, there's like six inches of boob that's out on the right side. Like I'm on the right side. She's turning to the left. Wow. Her whole right boob is basically out. So I'm like, oh, my God, like. I don't have the relationship with her where I can say, um, you might want to fix your dress or like, we are not, that's not our relationship where I can like correct. Yeah. And I cannot say like, you Hey, yourself. uh, you might want to, so, so my fear is that in our conversation, she's going to look down and realize her boob has been out and I'm going to look like a complete fucking scumbag. The entire time. And the longer the conversation lasts, the worse I feel about the whole situation where I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm looking really bad here. So, and I don't want to look down because if I look down, I'm worried she's going to see me look down because I've, I've had that with, with people yeah. that I've worked with where maybe I'm talking to a female and she's like, oh, she like stretches and I inadvertently look down and she looks down and she looks at me and is like, yeah, you just looked at my tits. So I'm like, all right. 
Right. So, so with me internally, I'm like, do not, do not look down at her fucking boob. <laughs> like you cannot fucking look down because the second she is like zeroed in on your eyes, the second you look down, she's going to look down and she's going to know you're looking right at her tits. So I'm just like, oh yeah, well, yeah, well, we could do that. So while we're having this conversation, somebody walks into the office and this person is a girl that I dated like 12 years before. <laughs> so oh, I dated wow. this for like 12 years before, before I was married. And she was uh, pretty hot, but she was kind of psycho. Um, so I'm in the situation, I'm like, and, and basically this girl had just recently got moved into the, this department. So I'm like, oh, hey, congrats. I'm like, I'm like eager for like a change. I'm like, I'm like, hey, oh, congratulations for coming on. She's like, oh, that's great. I'm like, yeah. So. Um, She's like, so she tells, she then turns to the woman I'm talking to who has the boob out. And she's like, uh, I just basically want to let you know what you told me. I did this stuff and here's, here's the files and I'm going to go work on that. And okay. And then she looks at her and she looks at me <laughs> and she gives me this look <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you didn't say anything, did you? <laughs> she she knew. She looks at her. She looks at me and is like, "I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I didn't do anything in this situation. I was like, so I. It's no win. No so win. So I just basically was like, okay, well, uh, thanks for everything. I'm gonna leave. I walked out. I just pulled out. Just got out of there. And I'm like, oh, I got hope. I hope later maybe she moves back to her normal position. She's at the computer. It won't be noticeable. I don't know, but. That was that's my that's my life. So I told my wife that I told my wife that story. My wife story, was yeah. like, "Yeah, that's your life." She goes, "That's what happens to you." Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because it is like the forty-year-old. Yeah, version. but in the forty-year-old virgin, the guy could say to the girl, he doesn't even know her. He could be like, "Hey, you need to fix your dress." This woman, I can't do that. Like, she is like much higher than me in the yeah. rank structure where I'm just like, exactly. uh, like that would be really weird. Like, I don't even know how I would do that. So, so there you go. Does anybody else have any other garbage time? We could. I, 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 I don't top that. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I was, I was, that was one for the ages. Hey, I have that listed on my notes as boss boob. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boss. Well, I tried to keep it professional, but whatever. All right. So, what else we got? We got. Want to talk about what? Have, we, well, let's see. Uh, Jason, you want to talk about what games you've been playing recently, or? Um, I've been playing. I'm still playing 1989 with uh, Haggerty, but. It's like three weeks between turns, or a week between turns right is now. Is this the same game you've been playing for like a year? <laughs> it's this almost, is a lifetime yeah. game. Isn't it? It's yeah. a lifetime commitment. It, it's yeah, and and mostly it's my fault. I'm just I'm bad about getting turns turned around when I'm on the road, and I have um, struggle for the Galactic Empire set up on my table. I'm like three and a half turns in, and it's fun, but. It takes more mental bandwidth than I have right now, and, that, and that's really it. I thought about taking some games on the road with me, and when I actually thought about, okay, 
you know, what does my schedule look like? When am I going to play this? When am I going to read the rules? It's just, I don't have that capacity right now. So instead I watch HBO and, and read about uh, management while I'm on the road, which, which are very, very engaging. Wow. What about you, Doc? Uh, I already said a bunch of stuff I was playing, so I'll let you go, Dave. All right, so let's see. I'm playing uh, Silver Bayonet with Ralph. Uh, Ralph is killing me in the game. Uh, I think I've already talked about it, but Play My has already fallen. Uh, Ako is surrounded. You know, my my support rules are so bad for supporting attacks, or like uh, bombardment and all that stuff. Um, I don't think Duck Co. is going to hold out. And I also, my problem is I scattered my U.S. troops too much. I didn't, like, consolidate them all. So uh, because he's got all his NVA guys consolidated, I'm in trouble dealing with him. So I think that game looks bad. Mm -hmm. uh, Advanced Squad Leader, uh, Pete Gate and I played uh, the Mila 18 scenario. I think that's the one. And it's kind of a glum scenario because it's uh, in Warsaw. And it's basically the, the Jewish resistance fighting against the SS who are trying to round them all up. So uh, it's not Sounds yeah, right. it's not great. Like so, so immediately Pete is like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll play the Jew I'll play the Jews. I'm like, oh great, that's awesome. So I get to play the fucking SS guys. Thanks, asshole. So yeah, gee, thanks. Um, quickly in the scenario became and, and so the uh, the but it's a great scenario because it really actually um, instead of you would think, oh, it's Nazis. It, it, it really celebrates for me, uh, and I have, a, I have a lot of Jewish family members. The uh, the heroism of the Jewish resistance because they have uh, they're hidden. They've got a lot of things they can do. They can sneak between row houses through the attics. So it really has a lot of cool rules for them, and they're actually very dangerous for the SS to tangle with. So while well, you think, oh, the SS is just going to run through and. The SS have, have two choices. They can either try to fight the Jews initially, or they can try to search all the houses. So I realized quickly that searching all the houses was going to be like impossible. So uh, we got in a fight and I actually ended up losing the game by one point. So it was like, I think I needed to win like 12 to 6. And I think I lost like 11 to 6. So, so good result for me. I was the SS. I lost. I'm happy to lose. Uh, I thought this scenario is a great scenario, um, regardless of the, the the tenor of it or the situation or the the you know the scenario that it puts you in. I thought it was really good, so I really liked it. Um, yeah, all were. Yeah, I mean, if people get upset about that, right? I mean, you play the game. And then you understand more about what happens. I, I right? think this this scenario is more sensitive than most because it is pretty much like a uh, SS roundup of Jews, and the the Zionist Brotherhood is basically trying to uh, uh, resist it. And, and they have rules where, like, they have cool rules though, where, like, if an SS unit gets shot, and the SS is very low morale because they're considered like back back street, like back not frontline SS guys. But there are cool worlds where if an SS unit gets reduced, the uh, Zob, the Zionist guys, can run up and like grab their weapons and then upgrade themselves. So it, it, it's a great scenario, especially if you're learning ASL, if you want to do it to like kind of learn how to like do hidden hidden stuff. And But it, it's a little grim, but 
just based on the topic. But I thought it was fun. And I felt comfortable playing that because my logic all along was, hey, I'm celebrating the heroes, not the jerk-offs. Did Jason stop recording? Motherfucker. See? It's not just me. <sighs> I what take my Dave eyes anyway? off the screen for a half a second. Was it, wasn't Dave talking before? Yeah. Did we lose him totally? Am I, am I talking right now? Now we yeah. can hear you. Good. Were you so, saying uh, something before? Yeah. So Famous Ken came over to my house, and we played Stonewall Jackson's Way. First bull run. And uh, Ken is very good. I love him. He's not a big drinker, as I mentioned. He drank a diet, half a Diet Coke in the time it took me to drink four beers. But uh, Ken is definitely down for gaming so you don't need to explain the rules to him he knows all the stuff he's he's a big fan of the system so uh we get like five or six turns done for first bull run so i thought that was pretty good that's pretty good that is good in an evening yeah yeah and and it was interesting because uh first bull run starts out where we were doing the full campaign where the confederate has some guys behind bull run but then he has a bunch of units that are out on the eastern side and they have these great breastworks which are like really good defensive positions for the confederates and you're like oh i really want to defend those but i don't want to leave those guys out there so i was kind of tempted and i gave into the temptation and i ran my guys out there and i kind of like defended those breastworks you, you ran them into the breastworks yeah, we seized the breastworks, <laughs> and we used the breastworks to our did you, advantage. Did you take a motorboat? <laughs> the, you, so you can't tell this story after you told your other story. You know what? You know what? I don't think this is fair. I don't think this is fair. <laughs> yeah, there's there's breastworks. The, the, the Confederates made breastworks. But but you could look directly at them and see what they were. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Can we say that? You don't have to play coy with the breastworks. That's right. The breastworks were what they were. So I, I rushed out to kind of defend the, the Union versus the Union at these breastworks because they, they give you like twice your defense strength. And I almost got caught. Like Ken immediately came in and started like assaulting me and like really aggressive player. And uh, I barely got away. So at this point in the game, I've, I've managed to retreat and flee back to behind Bull Run. So I don't know how it's going to go, but I, but it was a moment where I was like, "Wow, I'm actually playing a guy who knows how to play the rules. Like I, I need to be careful, like here." So it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. I, I, I had a lot of fun with him coming over, and I've been doing the Blind Stonewall game. I'll talk about that in other reviews, and uh, that's it. That's all I've been playing. We have cool. reviews. Sure. Duck, uh, anybody want to review first based on certain conditions? Uh, I, I like to give that that spot to the the guest if, if the they guest so choose. Is. I'm I'm fairly sober, but I can go now if you want. Do you want me sure. drunker? Yeah, that, I don't think you should ever say that. I think you just are, are, you've outed yourself right now by, by saying that. So what? That I'm pretty sober. Yeah, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's a false sense of sobriety. All right. No, no, fuck you. You're done. I'm, I'm going right, to do my review. So, so fuck off. Good. I'm going to give you feedback the whole time. Okay. So good. I hope you do. So I'm going to do a, a quick review. 
uh, two things. First is I'm going to do my my Stonewall Jackson's game. You're going to so, review uh, yourself. <laughs> I'm I'm reviewing myself. It's a blind game. Okay. So we're going to talk about how it works. It's not really a review. Yeah, but Duck, do you think you could actually learn something from this? Uh, maybe. Okay. All right. All right, so basically the, the idea is I'm running a Stonewall Jackson's uh, way game, and I'm running it blind. So uh, the key is that players cannot know what's going on, and they don't, they don't see. I run a vassal, but individual players don't know what's going on uh, from one side to the other. So occasionally I might send them messages or I might send them images of what's going on on the screen. But the, the whole point is to kind of try to reduce the fog of war so they don't really know what's happening. Increase so, the fog of war. Uh, that's right. I'm going to increase it, not reduce it. Reducing it would be bad. So uh, the the first part is uh, messages. So messages go out; they get sent from one commander to another. Um, generally, Virginia is going to be very hostile for for Union messages and friendly for Confederate messages. So there's always a chance when a Union commander sends a message that it might not be delivered or it, it uh, might even be captured. So um, that's something that's factored into like how I roll to, to determine the system. So if I roll low and I roll low again, then I'm like, okay, well, I think that message might not have made it. So that, that's the main caption message. Um, it's never happened. We've never captured any union messages. That's right. That's right. Uh, as opposed to the, for the Confederates, Virginia tends to be very friendly for them. So, uh, uh, messages tend to move more smoothly. And the, the other part of the union message system is, you know, they might be like uh, misled by locals or for, for whatever reason, a message might not get to where you want it to get exactly when you want it to get there. So that's something I kind of have factored in there. Uh, I do have rules for like cavalry screening. So uh, generally an infantry unit will find an opponent if it's adjacent to him. But Cavalry can actually detect much further out where the enemy is. The downside of that is if cavalry and cavalry are against each other, like you can have a cavalry unit screen and then scout, and they'll like kind of like block each other from detecting. So um, the interesting thing in the game we played so far in the campaign is, and I, I think I can say this without creating any kind of issue, is the Confederates have uh, generally attached their cavalry to their core commanders. So uh, while they get good information back to the core commanders, it's usually later getting back to the, the army commanders. Whereas uh, in the Union Army, the Union commander Pope has, has tended to use the cavalry as his own directly attached to him. So uh, most information he gets comes to him and then has to be disseminated out to, to uh, core commanders that he has. So. It's been cool, though. I've, I've enjoyed it. It's really funny. There's nothing better than uh, seeing an attack happen, like a devastating attack, and then having like a message come in like a turn later being like, hey, watch out for that attack. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> and it creates this kind of it does create this kind of fear among the commanders where they're like, oh, geez, I don't know what's out there or like who's out there. And, and, and sometimes I've had to explain that occasionally like, hey, you can't give an order like this to your guys because uh, that would make them too tired. Uh, the the Stonewall Jackson's way rules run off fatigue. So based on the number of actions you do, you accumulate that that amount of fatigue, and uh, so you don't want to 
sometimes the guys might not be as familiar with the rules. So they're like, I'm march my guys to this amount of fatigue. And I'm like, well, if you do that, then you can't recover. These, you guys will be too tired or whatever. So uh, that, that stuff comes in sometimes. But it's, it's been very interesting. So my, my idea is that I'm going to, I've, I've, I have a Dropbox where guys can observe where I put up maps and I try to do like a, a consolidated orders list that I do, messages list where I, I basically put that up. So as guys send messages, I have to track them all, decide when they're going to be delivered, when they're going to come in, and then when they're going to be like conglomerated in this archive I have. So and the idea is at the end, there'll be like a couple archives, there'll be a map, so guys can kind of look back and be like, oh shit, that's what, because there's been some, some beautiful moments that I can't even describe. <laughs> because I'm the umpire, like where guys have misunderstood information or like, it's been really cool. So I, I think, I hope guys are enjoying it. I think like, like duck, what about you? Are you enjoying it? No, I'm campaign? enjoying the hell of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. uh, uh, yeah. I don't want to say too much, but, uh, like for it, Mitch, it's tough because Mitch is Pope. So Pope kind of has a tough situation initially. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, and so my idea is that guys who are more involved initially in in the campaign uh, will then, if we recharge it and do it again, we'll because I don't want it to be like Kev Sharp's campaign where I felt like it just died and finished, and we'd all put time into it and nothing came out of it. So yeah. uh, my goal is it's going to be a finished product. We're doing it. No, and that's good. It's going to come out. So what I no, would I mean ask, in in a general way. I, I mean, I don't think this would give her anything away, but it is amazing how I'm Robert E. Lee, but I feel like I have almost no control over what's going on. It, it's, it is, it's just, it's crazy compared, you know, it's, it's a very different experience from a regular war game, right. but and, very interesting. Yeah. And what, what I've noticed that's interesting is like when you come up with the issue of captured orders, so uh, the Union Army has a unique position initially where they have a couple commands that are like remote like way out there like and there these these messengers are galloping across roads roads and roads of virginia territory like that is not friendly to them so they're not quite sure if the messengers get there maybe they do maybe they don't but the other thing is what do you want to put in order because if you put too much information like you always want to let a core commander know hey here's the situation here's my strategy here's you know, your intent but if you put that in an order that goes to a core commander who's far away from you, who might not get that order, you're basically there's a chance you're going to hand that information over to the enemy. So it, there, I, I try to work it all in there where the guys will, and, and it's challenging because there's basically four action phases. It's early morning, late morning, early PM, late afternoon, and uh, you have to work it all out because uh, units activate in a variety of different ways based on what the dice go because you don't know who's going to go first so i'll get a bunch of orders and then i have to kind of figure out okay these guys are like going to clearly conflict so i need to like do those ones first and then i'll do these ones back so it's been fun but what i would say to anybody playing the campaign is could you at least please fucking put in the message in the subject header for your your message, what the fucking message is, because nothing more irritating than them responding to my email and then me trying to have to go back and like re-edit their email. So, because the challenge for me is I've got a ton of emails, ton of messages that are being delivered, and I've got them all 
I basically got them all logged in late, early morning, late morning, early PM, late PM, when they're going to come in. And uh, it's much easier if guys send me messages that have a clean top, top sheet so I can do that. So that's it. So, well, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Doug. No, it's, we, I appreciate you doing it, man. All right. That's it. That's what I got. That's my, uh, and I, I do have something we can do at the end. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. So we'll see how, we'll see how drunk I am at the end. <laughs> Are you still drinking anything oh, other yeah. than water? Oh okay. yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm still drinking. Okay. <laughs> he has not yet begun to drink. Gonna, well, your wife that, told you that, you were drunk. I mean, it's pretty soon she's going to tell uh, you to go to bed. But no, the and my two-mile cavalry charge is just going to come to nothing. No, she's she's <laughs> already she's already in bed. All right, Jason, you or me? Go for it. All right, I have a review. Um, let's see if I see if I can get Dave to hurry me along, like you do with. Other people. I'm going oh, to review. Is that is that my rap that I'm like going to rush you as we go? Yeah, because I'm I'm hoping you do because I'm going to like try and annoy you even more. Well, Rex is the one that, that says I do that, so I don't know if anybody else has said that. But well, it, you know, I, I think at least fifty percent of the people in the survey said you do. So my review is. <laughs> but I read that fifty percent <laughs> said I didn't, did not do that. <laughs> the glass is half empty, my friend. Um, Across five Aprils, which mm. is out of print, uh, in yeah, boring, boring. It's a Civil War game. Have you ever played it, Dave? No. <laughs> you would, you wouldn't like it. Um, all right, it's a, uh, it's a Victory Games game. Victory Games are generally very good, and this is a very good game. Um, it's came out in '92. It's a tactical Civil War game that has five different battles in it. You know. They often name games on books, and this was a, book, uh, a game named after a book. And I actually saw the book when I was at my in-law's house. And it's the book is not a history at all. It's a fictional junior fiction story about a kid who lives during the Civil War. It's just just a weird mm. side. I thought that was kind of strange, but it's a great title, Cross Five Apes. Um, it's, so it's a tactical, grand tactical um, Civil War game. It has uh, five battles in it. It has First Bull Run. Shiloh, uh, Pea Ridge, Gettysburg, and Bentonville. Okay, I take back what I was saying because I thought this was like some fucking air, air World War One air game or something. <laughs> That's bloody April. Yeah, bloody April. Yeah. Well, That's fuck it. Hey, sorry. I thought that. That's what I thought it was. So I, 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 I'm I'm revoking it's my boring. Comment. Okay, it's it's more more civil war. I still don't. Well, you listened to the review. I don't know that this would be your kind of game and. It depends. It's kind of an intro war game, and it, it's decent for that. Um, it it is by Eric Lee Smith. You like his other Civil War game, dude? Um, he does good work. Yeah, he did the U.S. Civil War, or no, that's the reprint. Uh, is it? Was the Victory Games one? Called? I think it's just the Civil the War. The Civil War. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a it's an intro game. It's it's simple. The units are uh, generally brigades or regiments. Um, they have an attack strength. They have a defense strength. They have a movement factor. There's a terrain chart. Um, it's a chip pull game, and so there's commands. Um, so you know every core would have a chit that comes out, and then you can move all the units in that core. There's a combat chit for each side. Um, 
that's about it. That's and and then usually, you know, when you get reinforcements, the chits come on. It's kind of like Labatai, right? That chits come on uh, in the turn that the reinforcements come on, and then you get to move them on. Um, the uh, combat is just a straight up. Uh, it's not a straight up. There's two. There's an attacker and a defender CRT. So you determine the combat odds. You look at the um, and then you roll one dice for the attacker, and there's a result for the attacker. And you roll one die for the defender, and there's a result for the defender. Um, defense strengths of units are much higher generally than attack strengths. So um, that kind of that's a pretty cool thing because it kind of echoes you know the thing in the civil war it was always better to be on the defense right so the one weird thing i don't like about it is that um it has the there are zones of control right and you when you move into a zone of control you have to stop when you pull the combat chip for your side you have to you are forced to attack everyone that is in your zone of control so it's kind of an old school rule or you can do a uh, you can you can choose to retreat do an automatic retreat which oftentimes you want to do right so one thing you can do which is kind of gamey i don't know maybe somebody can tell me that it, it's kind of interesting from a puzzle standpoint but it is it does feel kind of gamey so you're going so maybe you're playing the union side you pull the Union combat chit and maybe nothing's going on, and you know the Confederate combat chit hasn't come out yet. So you move all your units up into the zone of control of the Confederate guy. Um, he either has to, when his chit comes up, he either has to attack you at really bad odds or retreat. So it's a way to kind of force them back. But it all depends. It's kind of random based on the chit pull. So um, it does, it is kind of interesting because it leads to kind of this ebb and flow. So I, I played Shiloh, I soloed Shiloh like last week. Um, and it was a really interesting. It was really interesting how the battle came out, because you know. And I've been reading. I started reading a book on Shiloh by um, Shiloh, eighteen sixty-two by Groom. I think it's really it's a decent book. I'd recommend it. But um, and it's really matched with. Although my Union guys did a little bit better than the Union guys did historically, and they slowed the Confederates down enough. And once the Confederate momentum gets slowed down, just which happened in real life but my guy slowed them down even more and it just like they just start grinding to a halt and then the union reinforcements start coming on and um it actually ended in my battle on the first day because the confederates have to get three victory hexes they'd captured them but in the last turn of the last day the union pushed the confederates back off one victory hex and won so it was pretty cool so um well, that, that's, that sounds great, Duck. Uh, so where can guys buy this game? Uh, it's out of print. You have to go on eBay. <laughs> that's right. This game was made in what? 92. What year? I'm sorry? 92. Oh, 92. Um, well, you, we, we like to think that we're here on the cutting edge of war yeah. gaming. So uh, if you have a TARDIS or some other way to... We'll, we'll, we'll take it easy because I'm, I'm reviewing an out of print game. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this game was made in 1992. Yeah. Okay. So All right, good. The graphics... Good, good job. For 92, the graphics aren't bad. The map's actually not bad. The counters are just basic, but they're functional. Um, now, now, what would that exactly mean when you say, like, uh, for 1992, the graphics aren't bad? Like, if you made you this map today, people would say, oh, my God, it's ugly. Right? Cause is, is there a guy on the counter? Or is it just like a number? No, there's a guy. There's a it's a it's a black and white. Although the numbers are in color that match the colors match the, the chit of the core. Right. 
that you that you pull and actually the the confusion like sometimes like in shiloh like there's like an uh, orangey brown and a bright orange that when i was playing and the sun was out which i don't know why that happened in portland but uh it was very hard to tell the difference between the colors sometimes yeah i just want to say hey advanced after combat we're really reaching out to all you new gamers out there we're, we're that's why we review games that were were, were printed in 1992 that are no you they're good. You That's can great. find this on eBay. For, but, yeah, and, and I, right, a guy but might I, sell I, it to you if he thinks it sucks. If the guy hates the game, he will absolutely sell this game to you on eBay. So, because it's, I, it's, I it's think no there longer is value available. in that. Because so. there, there's some old ass games that I want that if I had heard reviews about or saw reviews about, that maybe I wouldn't track down. You know, spend way too much money to track down this out of print game that right. really isn't that great, but it's about something that you're interested in. So, so, so I, Duck, I, are you saying they should go track down this game and buy it? I, if you see this game like at a yard sale, I would get it. Right? Like, like for how many dollars? Like U.S. dollars? I, not I think I dollars. paid Real like money. thirty bucks for my copy, and I think it was a good buy. I think that's fair. So you're you're saying if somebody sees this game for thirty dollars or less, they should buy if it. If it's in good shape, sure. Yeah, if they want an intro war game, right? It's not. Okay. It's not like if I, I. It actually has me kind of thinking I need to break out like line of battle again. Um, you like the scale? Yeah, I, mean, I like. I like mean, I like scale. a little meatiness. The, the this game is. Um. Yeah, the, it plays I like in an hour. I, I can we, play half the Battle of Shiloh, which is pretty cool. I think I think we all feel like That's we, pretty should, solid. we should bust out line of battle, but then we do it and we're like, oh, I don't have the time for this. Yeah, that, no, like, that's true. Line of Battle is one of those games that's like great, but man, it's just so much, and you're just like, I'm I done. I gotta go. I gotta go I to bed. I know. Like, well, <laughs> maybe this, I mean, maybe I, I need to. I was gonna. I was thinking about maybe doing some of the other scenarios or something, or trying to do. I don't know. Maybe do the civil the brigade series or something. But I do. It does leave me. I do kind of want something meatier. So if you're if you like heavier games, this one probably you know. But I'm thinking you know they really should. If they reprinted this with modern graphics, I think it would be a a winner. But um, anyway, yeah. the other thing. Dave to quell your incessant whining is that um, you can get the vassal mod for across five Aprils and if you look inside the vassal mod the rules are in there so you actually don't need oh yeah, that's so cool. it's it's all out there I don't know if that's cool to say but it's there so <laughs> I was just gonna ask. so so basically you don't need to buy the game at all no you don't I mean it's out of print right but, but it's not it, like Eric Lee Smith is shit. losing right, any right. money on this thing no that's that's what I say who gives a fuck because it's not available for sale anyway right. so right. I don't right. for free yeah. so um, and it may be that it may be that I will give one of these games away at the white deck next year and I'm trying hmm. to build the interest I'm not I'm not I'm not going to participate in that. <laughs> It, it, I have too much conf confliction. I get so angry. I get so angry. <laughs> I can't do it. I was. That's so funny you say that because I'm already thinking about. Okay, should I trade this game? I've got right now, or should I just keep it on the yeah, side? I've got for the piles white for the white duck, man. It, Dave, here's the problem: you're but, not a giver. I'm honestly already angry just talking. You're not about a giver, Dave. So that's angry. the problem. I get so angry during the thing. I don't understand. But there's already it. inflation, I, and there's packages. It makes me furious. And and it's, it's like a thread that I don't ever want to go into. Like I, it, 
all sorts of drama comes out of it. I don't want to do what it. What drama? And then you make a list of the stuff you want. And then... Well, some of the drama I create myself. <laughs> the drama's all in your but, head, dude. But and it, then six months it, later, it, people are still asking if it's going. You no, know, it annoys me when guys just join the guild so they can do the white elephant. Well, yeah. That drives me fucking crazy. Well, that was one thing. Whatever, yeah. dude. I... <laughs> I like I like the way but it, but it comes up on all these kind of pay. It, it was a lot of they fun. They do it all these kind of pay it forward things. Like you see on the Facebook thing with like, oh, this guy screwed over everybody. Blah, blah, blah. It always comes up like every year. We've never had the this guy's screwing everyone over. Even the people who joined the guild. I mean, the guy who joined yeah, the know. guild no, that's has posted I, I since it. then, right? So I admit it. I admit it. Like my my, it was. He was guilted into actually participating. I think <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works. Man. And the thumb system makes is is self regulating, yeah. right? If if the rest of the people say, you know what, you're you're a tool bag, they, they don't get we're in. Not right? gonna, we're not going to. It's not an automatic right? entry, right? You have to have acceptance from other people. Well, Mike, I think that was a, an excellent review. Thanks, great Dave. job. It's I agree, and it's a game that I've actually had my eye on. Um, every once in a while, I get a I get a. A hankering for a, some civil war it, gaming. It would be a good one. It's because uh, it's. I mean, it's a yeah. twenty-two by thirty-four map. Um, you could probably even some of the maps are smaller. You could probably like print and play a small map and like take it with you. Like I took it to uh, Game On. I never broke it out, but I mean the actual contents fit in a magazine size Ziploc, no problem. Sure. Yeah, Mike. I considered that that review about what I would expect from you. <laughs> I love you, Dave. So, there you go. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So, Jason, exactly you want to go? Jason, you want to go? I might as well. All right. Um, so, just to let everyone know, I did not prepare for this. This is a game I played two months ago. There we go. These are the best ones. So I, have, I do have notes, but I, I haven't thought about it for two months. Um, so, I'm going to review Victory in Vietnam. This is the second edition. Um, this was a lovely Christmas gift from our very own Mitchell Land. Hey, Jason, by the way, before you start, uh, don't feel bad because I am going to do a little small review after you're done. So it cannot possibly be worse than the review I was So I can, I, yeah. I can fuck it yeah, up you're properly. Good. You're good. All right. All right. I like it. All right. So, so this game is also out of print. It was published in 1999, according to Board Game Geek. Uh, so we're looking at an 11 by 17 map. Uh, the hexes are 50 miles across. It's division level. Uh, the turns are four months, which is a little bit too big for this game. Um, so uh, first of all, the components, the graphics are decent on the map. Um, I think a lot of people complain about it. I don't have that much of a problem with it. Um, my one complaint about the components is when you well okay so when you spend air units you flip them over so that they're spent and also the hidden units you flip them over to be hidden all of the backs are blank so you can't tell the difference when they're down between a spent air unit and a hidden nba or vc unit so that that creates a logistical problem when you're trying to even just keep track of your own units um, on 11 by 17 map there's not a ton of units but still if you're if you're playing solo it's it's a bit of a pain to try to keep track of that stuff um, so it's a, it's it's a small map and sometimes that gets to be 
a, a pain. Um, but I actually kind of like the how condensed the game is. Um, so from a high level, um, the sequence of play is very interesting, the way they lay things out. Um, I wish there was a bombardment phase, but they treat bombardment as like a reaction to movement. So if 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 a hidden move if a hidden unit moves, you can try to discover what it is, and if you are successful, or if a, a known unit moves, uh, you can bombard it. Then um, the way combat works, you have uh, basically three types of combat: overrun, which is a function of movement more or less; um, set piece battles, which is just typical combat; and then ambushes, which end up basically being like a set piece battle but it's just um you know if a movement moves next to you and you can discover what what it is you can ambush them um so i like the the way air units are treated um the in general it works pretty well but you have to use the advanced air rules the basic air rules are very boring um and the air rules in general it tr so there are sam units that you can place on the map in north vietnam um but in general things like ground units firing at the airplanes or the helicopters is just treated as a function of the crt so it's not a, a separate phase or a separate step it's just basically treated like okay you rolled a one so you took some fire and you didn't perform as well which is a little wonky, but it evens out over the course of the game. Um, the victory allocations are realistic, which is something I care a lot about in Vietnam games. Um, a lot of treat, a lot of games don't treat them very well. This game is fairly realistic, um, and again, I didn't bring bring that chart in to talk about it. But um, the, you know, the things that that and and mostly what it is is it's costing the Americans points rather than gaining the North Vietnamese. So every time the U.S. brings units on, it costs them victory points. Um, most of the losses they take cost them victory points. Very few things gain them victory points. So it's basically a, a, a net zero. So positive for the, for the U.S., negative for the North Vietnamese. That's, that's basically how it is. So it's a, it's a zero scale positive and negative uh the scenarios there are i would i want to say like 10 scenarios um basic intermediate advanced and then campaign um so so quite a few um and it's kind of program learning which in general i don't like um in this game it actually works pretty well it kind of steps you through like the first the basic scenarios are basically one turn um and they're actually post the U.S. involvement in the war, so it's um, the North Vietnamese, or excuse me, Vietnam at that time invading Laos, and then later China invading Vietnam. Um, they're not engaged. How how long was I off? <laughs> I slipped off the button. No, 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 you, no, you, no you were good. Couple, yeah. Okay. And, and oh, Mike, fucking Mike just stopped recording. <laughs> yeah. Fucking asshole. We'll just, we'll just keep it going. What the fuck, Mike? <laughs> Why um, does that happen? So, Because so you probably hit the wrong button. You got some other stupid button associated with it. Oh, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> so the, the basic scenarios aren't super interesting. 
other than the the piece of the conflict that that they represent. Um, as, as you go along, obviously the the scenarios get deeper and deeper. Um, it's a weirdly deep game. Uh, it doesn't have the hook of something like the v- Victory Games Vietnam game, um, where it immediately grabs you. Um, but but there's something in this game that that kept me kind of coming back to it, and and even upon two months of reflection, I'm not sure what it was. It's not like Vic- the Victory Games Vietnam game is almost perfect. Like it's it's just yeah, that, um, that game is is kind of like really maxed out the market. I mean, that, that game is the, the monument. It just, yeah, it does everything so well. And even a game like Fire in the Lake has a hook to it that just kind of pulls you in right away. So this doesn't have that, but especially for somebody who likes that period, like myself, there's there's something to it. It's not as generic as um, some other games, um, but it's not super detailed. I I almost want a little bit more detailed as as you know deep as the rules can get. I almost want a little bit more, but but there's enough there to grab you um, and and let you explore the conflict through the sequence of play, which I I think again is is pretty well laid out, pretty well thought out. Um, some some things I don't necessarily like about it. Um, so the turns are four months. And the way the air mobile units work is you have to basically have a helicopter with that unit in order for it to move. So the helicopter can't move to the air mobile unit and then bring it somewhere else. Which and, over and the course of I'm four sorry, months, so, so the units are what what scale are div- the units? Division. Okay. That's division. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's 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 a lot of guys. But over the course of four months, I can move a helicopter from Quezon to pick these guys up and move them somewhere else. They they shouldn't have to be stacked with the guys at the beginning of movement. It's just not realistic with with that time frame. Um, the, the PRC China and the USSR can potentially come into the game. So I, I haven't mentioned there are cards that you can play. You get five cards per turn, and you can play up to four of them without inflicting a VP. Uh, you know, bonus to the other person. Um, and th- it's anything from things like linebacker duck to, um, <laughs> that, that, that's not an answer. Linebacker is not an answer. We're too late for that. Um, to things like the USSR or China getting involved in the U S piece of the conflict, which we could argue, um, and if Rodvik, Rodvik was on, maybe we could argue about whether that was actually realistic or not. But you could make that happen in this game very quickly. By probably 68, you could have the, the USSR in the conflict throwing nukes down, which some people will really like. And, and so, so that I'm sorry, so that can happen in the game like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so there are... Russian units, there are Chinese units, there are nuclear bombs you can you can bring into play. There are strategic nukes, there are tactical nukes. Nuclear. Um, so how do you feel the scenario if you're nuke. if you're playing it's if you're playing the scenario nuclear. like uh basically like uh how does it play? Like if you if you're running like a traditional historical run through, does it feel legit or no? Um it can the the cards can really screw that up if 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 you really want to game it um and 
and it does cost you victory points, obviously, to do these types of things, but you can involve the Russians very quickly. Um, the cards all have, pre not all, but a lot of the cards have prerequisites, so you have to play this in order to play this in order to play this. Um, but you can get the Russians or the Chinese involved, and then pretty quickly deploy tactical nuclear weapons. Um, I don't think that was very realistic. I don't think that could... I mean, it obviously could have happened, but I don't think it would have happened. It obviously didn't happen. Um, but it can in this game, which I don't really like. But I know a lot of people, um, like John Welsh, who did um, the English English Civil War States of Siege game, he's designing a, a Vietnam game, and everyone's like, oh, you have to put tacti tactical nukes in. I, I don't agree with that. Um, it it was obviously entertained, but I don't I don't think it's realistic. Um, it's not something that that we were willing to do at that time. So I have a bit of a problem with that, and I I can understand why it's in there. I understand people liking that, but I personally don't like it. But at that same time, I don't have to deploy nukes, and and if you do, you basically lose. But if you know, it kind of gets to that stage where I can't win anyway. I might as well drop some bombs, um, which is a little callous and a little unhistoric. But but it's in there if if that's your cup of tea. Um, you are the winning move, and a lot of people play. <laughs> exactly. Would you care to play a game? Uh, so nerd, the rules aren't always. <laughs> <laughs> the rules aren't always the clearest, um, and it's not the easiest game to play. But it but it's fairly accessible, um, and it does a pretty good job in general of capturing the war. Um, so again, if, if you're a Vietnam buff, it's probably worth tracking a copy down or getting a copy gifted to you. Thank you, Mitch. Um, so, oh, Duck, we didn't ask you what your, what your ratings were in your beer ratings. Oh, uh, I give it an eight and, um, I don't know, 12 beers. It's easy. Oh, nice. Nice. So I'll give this one, I guess a seven and a half, um, maybe an eight. It's no, it's a seven and a half. Um, but beers wise, to it? <laughs> probably not. Um, beers, I'll give it probably eh, five or six. It's not super complex, but but you do have to pay a lot of attention. So that's that's victory in Vietnam. Dave, cool. Dave, make make me look good. <laughs> Take me home, country roads. Take, take me home or lose me forever. <laughs> uh, he's gray. He's not changing to red. His little lips are gray. We lost Dave. Yeah. He didn't even like. Oh, oh no, I'm back. I oh, just, there you are. I had to go, dude. It was like a, I understand. A mules. The mules mm -hmm. demanded this. <laughs> Does he? Uh, hey, did the little comments that you type in? Because for some reason, my mumble server like reads them out loud. Do they show mm -hmm. up? No, they they won't record. Oh, they don't get recorded. That's a shame. They, yeah, it's kind of like a private thing that you can, yeah. like, <laughs> so you can send us. It's messages. just just distracting enough. Yeah, I, I had to go. I just was like at the typed. last minute. I was like, I know I, I should have, but I was just. But now I'm so paranoid about like stopping recording because Duck is frankly already derailed <laughs> hey, the podcast hey. twice. Well, Jason's we'll, done it we'll twice see. too, Dickwad. I just did it once. No, I think twice. Who are I you might call, be drunk. Who, who are you calling Dickwad? <laughs> that is not. That is not right. All right. So, so Dave, I 
I said, yeah, yeah, take, take me home. Yeah, so here we go. So uh, I actually have a very reasonable uh, review that we're going to do. So even if, like, you might have been listening to the past reviews and you're like, oh, these guys. These guys, <laughs> these guys have been, like, hammered. These, these jagoffs. And drunk. These jagoffs, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, I have a game. And I, David, I don't like where this is going. There, there's, You're there's, taking there's, too long. I don't like it. No, there, there's going to be some soul searching here. And then we held hands. No, there's going to be some soul searching. So, is this uh, the fucking Mr. Darcy game? Hey, hey, drunky. Hey, drunky, don't don't mess up my own review. You already messed up your own review. <laughs> okay, so let me do mine. I'm sorry. Okay, so um, I'm reviewing a coin game. So right away, everyone's like, oh, shit. No, I, you piqued my interest. Shit's about to get real. Like, I know what you're game. reviewing. I'm reviewing Fallen Sky. Oh, mm, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, would, I would say that maybe the coin system is best suited for this period, for the ancients. Like, I know that they've used coin for all the other games and Cuba Libre and uh, Fire in the Lake and all this. So, so I, I would actually argue that, that Fallen Sky is actually maybe one of the better uh, deployments of the coin so, game system. I didn't get this one. Remind me what the period is. So, this is uh, Caesar uh, trying Gaul. to reconquer Gaul. So, in the game, basically, Caesar is the conventional force. The Romans, and okay. and there's three Gallic tribes that are the insurgents. So we all know how the coin games, or maybe we don't, but um, generally what will happen is uh, you have like insurgent type forces that are the little uh, cylinders, and if you flip them, they're activated. If you flip them upside down, they're not activated. They're hidden. And then you have cubes, which are usually like the heavy hitters, the good fighters, uh, in this game, they're the legions. The legions are like the guys who are squares. But but there are also other uh, pieces like you have base where you had a base. Now you have tribes. Now you have uh, uh, forts that the Romans can build. So we'll, we'll get into that. But basically, I think this game actually does a pretty good job of kind of capturing uh, Caesar's struggle to kind of conquer Gaul and his his conflict with the other. Uh, political factions that maybe didn't want him to be in charge himself. So, so the the simplest way to start out is to say that there's uh, four factions. Uh, the first is Rome, and that's commanded by Caesar. And I don't know, maybe you guys can help me with this. Did did the other games have uh, uh, leaders like? So it's it's kind of a cool aspect of this game where there's like a leader, which is like a taller cylinder. So that gives you the ability, if that leader's in a particular area, then you can do activities around him. So it gives you that charisma or whatever is attached to that particular leader. So uh, the Roman faction has Caesar, obviously. He's their, their top guy. And they've got a bunch of abilities they can do. They've got the commands. And the the general idea is that Caesar is trying to uh, subjugate or suppress Gaul. So he wants everything to be like calm, relaxed. He wants tribes to be subdued. So you have provinces and different provinces, which are areas you can move in. They might have one or two or maybe even three tribes. So 
uh, on a tribe, if, if there's nothing there, it's subdued. If there's something there, it could be maybe a ally of one of the factions, or maybe it's even dispersed, which means the Romans came in and said, hey, get the fuck out. You guys have to move out of there. They, they like take over their territory. So uh, the, the kind of the Roman ideas, they want everything to be kind of like, hey, let's all be like chilled out. Let's all be copacetic, no problems. Let's have all the tribes kind of like open circles and provinces. That's what we want. Mike is the fucking big Mike. Is I don't like, even know why that happened. What the fuck did you do, Mike? I don't know. I burped. You did not touch anything. It was on offensive. Your I hit. I hit the. I hit the space bar yeah, to talk because I wanted the burp to be recorded. So you're fucking idiot. <laughs> All right, well, so, that's true. So, so basically, so basically Roman, Roman is trying to control these tribes. But the cool thing about it is, there's three tribes that are trying to like kind of. Uh, their opponents to Rome. The first is the one that's kind of the ally. So if, if we're going to compare it to Fire in the Lake, the Adui, I, I assume it's Adui. I was going to like look up the pronunciation of these tribes yeah, so I could actually don't bother. And then I was like, I was like, yeah, fuck off. I'm not doing that. So um, the Adui are kind of like the Roman allies. So they're near where the Romans are. They trade a lot with the Romans. So their big thing is they're really good at like doing trade with the Romans and bribing other tribes to come fight for them. So they're kind of like the allies of the Romans to some extent. There's two other tribes that are factions that are clearly enemies of the Romans. There's the Averni, which are the uh, Vercingetorix's tribe. And they want to kind of unite all the Gauls against the Romans. So they're all about Roman, Roman legions being killed. That's what they want. And then there's a group up in the north, which are the uh, Belgae. And they're like the, they live in Belgium. So the Belgae, whatever. So um, they, they're like very like violent and good at fighting. They, they want to really kill a lot of Roman guys. So initially Rome is like presented with a situation where they're really worried, where they've, they've, don't know where do I strike? Do I go up and deal with the Belgae guys? Do I come down and deal with Virgin Gatorix? Uh, do I trust the Adui that they're going to have my back while I'm doing that? But the funniest thing is there's this fifth group that's the Germans. And the Germans, oh. the Germans are kind of like the cousins of the Belgae. So the Belgae as a special action can bring them in to fuck with the Romans. But they don't want to do that too much because there's during the winter, which is like kind of the coup or whatever the, the you know, you, in, in these games we're used to, we have phases where we'll have a whole bunch of cards play and then we'll have the, 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 the winter card flips and then we have a bunch of cards playing and then the winter card flips. So when the winter card flips in this game, uh, the Germans like fucking attack like Game of Thrones, like fucking running down and like attacking people. So you don't. So it's funny because the Belgae want the Germans to be strong enough to fuck with the Romans, but they don't want the Germans to be strong enough to fuck up all their shit too. So it's kind of cool. I, I really like the game because I thought that you had four factions that legitimately could all fight each other. Because while the Adui are allies with the Romans, kind of, there comes a time in the mid-game where the Roman player is like, Hey, wait a second, the fucking Adui are getting way too powerful. And then he just sends a shitload of legions and just fucking back, back slaps the shit out of the Adui. So there, there, for me personally, it felt like it was the first game I played with a coin game where it was legitimately like 
all players against each other. Like you might say, hey, you like if you're a Verney player, you might tell the the Belge, hey, yeah, kill a Roman legion. I might give you a card to help them, but I'm not trusting you beyond that to to do what I want you to do. So, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I've seen cool. too many. I've seen too many fire in the lake games where. Uh, the U.S. pushes and pushes, and then the Arvin's like, "Yeah, I win." Yeah, right. while, while checking their cell phone. Right, they're like, "I'm done." But this, <laughs> this game's not like that because it, it's very clear that, like, hey, the Adui, while they're good at trading with you, and then there's an interesting thing the Adui do where they're like, "Oh, we're going to trade. We want Rome to agree to the trade, and if Rome agrees, uh, Rome gets like double uh, the Adui gets double the trade points resources, but." The Dewey also have to pay Rome, so Rome can be like, "Well, we want five resource points to agree," and if they don't, they're like, "Well, fuck you then." So there's all this, there's a lot of conflict that can happen. Yeah, there's the a groups. give and take. That's cool. I really like that. I really felt, and I felt like the cards, especially the capability cards, where a card would come up maybe that's really good for Rome. And it's like a like a, a Caesar type card. Like, hey, this is your second in command. He lets you do this, this, and this. And you're like, oh, I want that so bad. And but the Gauls at the same time are like, oh, we want that card so bad. Like, there were a lot of cards where you really felt like uh, you could see why guys would skip. Like for the first time in a coin game, I felt like why a guy would skip something to try to get the event for the like. Like sometimes in coin games, you come up where maybe I'm the red player. And there's a red first card, and then there's a red first card following it. And I'm like, oh, I would want to take this card. But you look at the red first card behind it, the, the, the card coming up, and you're like, oh, I cannot afford to not take that card, you know? So, uh, and there was one card, so that what struck home with me was it was a Belge card. Where I think like Ambriokes, who's like the the head leader of the Belge, he's awesome because he lets uh, their their war bands fight full strength. They're really good fighting, and uh, so he had a card that came up with the Belge were first, but the second card was that he would be gone, and so the Belge player is clearly like I didn't even I was playing with the the bots and all that stuff. But I'm clearly like I don't give a shit what the bots say. Like <laughs> I clearly don't. I gotta want stop to that card. Yeah, that right. leader does right. not want to go away. Yep. So. I, uh, I, I passed on the card, and I didn't even check the bot network or whatever the, the, the flowcharts they have. If you guys don't know, they have flowcharts, so you can actually play these games solo or two-player. Yeah, which aren't that intelligent. They're, they're okay. I, I like that they're in there, but they don't work super well. Yeah, they're okay. I felt like even in, in the Gaul game, the Averni tended to cluster up and turtle up in the bottom and like mm. get really strong, and I wasn't sure. They're, they're trying to keep you from winning. And yeah, I wasn't sure if that was the best strategy, but... But I gotta say, I think I think as far as uh, the games go, and, and, and so basically, the bottom line is the legions fight awesome. They're awesome in combat, but you want Exilia there up to, to take hits for them. There's a whole aspect of the game, and the cards are really full of flavor. And I really felt like this was the first coin game for me that really captured because Caesar kind of trusts the Adui to kind of like handle stuff with the Averni down south. But there's a point where Caesar has to be like, okay, the bitch slap is coming. At some point, and, and there's no restriction where I don't know if in Fire and Lake, I don't think the uh, the U.S. can attack the Arvin. No. Can, they actually, can the Romans actually attack? 
they're absolutely allies. absolutely kind of cool actually they're like not that. allies they're not allies right they're I mean, not they're, forced to they're, be right? they have war bands and they have and you, the 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 counters basically are for uh, you have war bands you have uh roman legions and for the the war band equivalent for roman legion is the Italia, which they have and they have forts the romans can build forts uh the, uh, and then it's all allied tribes. So while you have these circles and provinces that say like, hey, this province has three tribes available. And if it's all empty, that means they're all subdued. The tribes are all like, hey, we're all chilling out. We're not, we're not involved. That's good for the Romans. They want that. The other factions want those tribes involved. So they'll try to move guys in, get them involved, and then they'll place their own discs in those circles. So now you'll have where you had a province where there was all three tribes all subdued, like chilling out. Now suddenly you have three, two tribes that are like, hey, we're all for the Averni. And so they count for control. And, and so just, I want to go over real quick some of the, uh, like, like uh, uh, actions that the guys can do. So, so the Romans, I think I've talked about, they're pretty straightforward. They can recruit, they can march, they can seize. So season is interesting where seize is where they take a tribe that maybe was chilling out and they're like, you're done. We're dispersing you. We're taking like points from you. We're going to take resources. We're scattering you to the winds. So, uh, and then they can do battle. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what they do. They, I mean, basically Caesar gives them like a lot of power where Caesar can, uh, they can do extra stuff if Caesar's nearby. Uh, and so you, you, Really don't want to lose Caesar. The Averni, their, their big strength is they can rally people so they can get tons of tribes going for them. The other thing they do is they devastate. So when they go in, like they can move into an area that's controlled by the Adui, which are kind of traditionally their, their enemy because that's where the map set up. Like, like if you're going from bottom to top, it's kind of like Averni. Uh, is it next to the Romans? And then there's the Dewey and then the Belgae are at the top, and the Romans are stretched all the way up to the top. So uh, the cool thing the Averni can do is they can do a devastate where they move into an area and then they devastate the areas around where they are so that it's hard to recruit and build up your strength there. And so it really fucks the Dewey. Like they'll move into an Dewey area and then they'll just start like rampaging through the area. So that's good. Uh, the Belgic tribes, that's the uh, one that's the big fighter tribe up to the north. That's the one that gives the Romans the most problem. They, their cool ability is they have the rampage special ability where uh, they can do a lot of damage to the Romans if they can't retreat from the areas they're in. So they'll like, start doing like, like just roaming around, like burning shit. So, And then the Adui, their big thing is trade and bribing tribes. So... If, if you think you're going to intimidate the Adui, you're like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm totally moving down this Adui area. Uh, the Adui can like take up to three of your warbands and pay money and turn them into their warbands. So where you might have been like, oh, I outnumber them nine to seven, so I control this area. They flip it to where now they outnumber you ten to six or whatever. Like, you know, they'll, they'll, their, their units literally get replaced with yours. So... So it's very cool. I, th I thought the whole battling, the whole idea that you have four, four factions, all which are capable of fighting each other. Because if the Romans sleep on the Adui, the Adui will quickly become too powerful. And then the Romans have to be like, yeah, we're going to fuck those guys up. So it's great. And the cards are great. 
The card has a ton of flavor. There's a lot of capability cards. Like, oh, hey, our Romans have march wagons. Now they don't have to pay to march. Like, there's just a ton of cards that I thought were great. So, wonderful. Really enjoyed That's it. That's cool. It's the first coin game I think I really would. I like Fire and the Lake, but I think this one's. I think I really think maybe it's weird because it, it came from modern to ancients, but maybe the ancients is the real sweet spot for the series. So, did you maybe. have you played Liberty or Death? I have not. Okay, I, I think I, I think you're still going to like Falling Sky better from what you described because. Liberty or Death, I, I like a lot, but there's two factions of the game that feel really not equal to the others. So. I felt like I felt just seeing the reviews. I got to say for Liberty or Death, the Indians seem overpowered. Well, yeah, they're trying to bring them up to where they're playable, right? Um, so, and, and I think that's okay. I, I mean, mean, let's be honest: the Indians were never going to recapture the colonies, <laughs> right? Like it's, like, it's kind too of little, silly. Too late. The whole thing's yeah. so silly. Yeah. No, I mean, but I'm, well, I mean, I've been playing both of our games as the British. I really like Liberty or Death. I think I also like Falling Sky a lot, too, based on what you said. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool, too, because I like the fact that uh, for the Belgic, the Belge and the, uh, the Averne and the Romans, they have leaders. But even if you lose that leader, you have a leader. It's just not the same leader, so you flip them over to the non-displayed side. Uh, I, I just thought it was very cool. I really they, when you lose, you lose them in battle, is that what happens? Yeah, I don't know for sure. I don't know. Okay. Because in, in Liberty or Death, they can't be killed. Right, they they move, they change with uh, certain. When you get a winter quarters card, like sometimes your leaders change, but they never die. Well, yeah, and that's the other interesting thing about the uh, the Roman player. So the Roman player has his army, so he does all this fighting, right? So then when winter comes, he has to decide how he's going to like like uh, barracks his units, how he's going to quarter his units yeah. in in Gaul. Yeah. So uh, if he has allied tribes in areas where he put the disc down on a, a Gallic circle, he can, I think he can like a uh, like quarter a free unit there. And then if he has a fort, he can quarter for unit. Otherwise, he has to pay him, like grain or whatever it is that he's paying in resources. Right. So it's very cool. I, th yeah. I, th I just thought the system was just brilliant. That is cool. And, you know, that is that is a really, you know, wintertime quartering. Because I, I had to, in the Kingdom of Heaven, that's a big thing too, right? I mean, that's a big part of your strategy is. Yeah, and then the problem is then the Germans come. And, and the, the, the coolest thing, the, one of the coolest, I think, factions to play is the Belgic. Because uh, they've got a really co strong combat leader who can really—they're—they're they're basically a big-time combat faction. But they've got these cousins. They've got the Germans, so <laughs> they can do this. Cut my they, cousin Dietl. They can move in as a as a move, and then they're like, "Well, my my special action is enlist." So then they can bring in the Germans, but they never really want the Germans to be too strong. Like it's it's a really incredible uh, separation between the two of them, where they're they're kind of kind of worried about like, well, yeah, you want the Germans to be strong because you want them to help you because you sometimes you could move them as if they're your own troops. But then when winter comes, they're going to start moving on their own. <laughs> like and you don't want them to be too are, powerful. Are the Germans controlled by like a bot or something, or how does that work? Is it, well, they have their own. They have their own activation. They're they're a non-player faction. 
Okay. So uh, they have a, a sheet. Basically, the Belgae can make them do things on their chart. And then uh, when it comes to winter, then the Germans go into basically a bot activation where they do their stuff. That's pretty cool. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like they have these crazy cousins that they're like, oh, yeah, well, they're, they're great, but like we don't want them to be too great because God, we, we all know how Thanksgiving went last year. <laughs> like, yeah. Last winter, we had those White Walkers coming down. <laughs> no, it's very, it's very, it has a very White Walker feel to it. It's very funny because they, they recruit, then they run over the Rhine, then they attack. So That's pretty cool. That yeah. is a great review, Dave. I am. I am. Was that okay? I am okay? speechless with awe. Well, I think <laughs> I think because you guys know the system, it's a little bit easier, maybe, for me to do it. But yeah, and and it's funny, I because I love that system, and I was very tempted by Liberty or Death, and just didn't get it because of timing. Um, but Falling Sky just never reached out to me, and I don't, I don't know if it was the period or if I'm. Just... I, I, yeah, I really have to say it's, it, it really, it seems like it's one of the few ones where all four factions are really fighting with each other, and, and that's uh, and, that and the Arvin in, in itself is intriguing. The Arvin and U.S. Uh, mechanism in Firing the Lake, there's just this, even if it's not built into the system, there's a feeling like. Like, uh, well, clearly, you can't attack the Arvin. Well, in this game, Caesar can he can beat the shit out of the Belgae, smack them down. Meanwhile, the Averni are getting too strong. The Adui are complaining. They're all fighting with each other. Then Caesar comes down, attacks the Averni. And then at some point, he turns and says, hey, wait a second. The Adui are about to win the game. Then he fucking goes and attacks them. Because that's what he did. He just fucking attacked all the tribes. Okay. So Dave, and maybe that's the key is they found they found you know a subject matter that that they could do that with right because the u.s wouldn't have attacked the arvin no yeah it wouldn't have happened. and you know that yeah i just want to say though that the u.s arvin relationship led to one of my best experiences in gaming so i i would hate to take that away well what, what experience is that uh, oh, that was a constant world where Braxton basically propelled me into victory and got really angry. Oh, we're still playing yeah. that fire in the lake. Okay. Yeah, we're still talking and, about And fire part of it was the, the scenario, right? That even even Mark Herman came over and said, oh, you guys are playing that scenario. That's not, it's not very well balanced for the U.S. <laughs> but I think the nice so, thing... There's our I, uh, obligatory Mark I Herman. think the nice thing about Fallen Sky is I think midway through the game, a player can turn to the Roman or whoever and say, Hey, you need to fucking smack that guy because right. yeah, that's the, cool. the Dewey, like, hey, I get that I'm the Averni and we're opponents, but if you don't fucking do something about them, they're going to take over everything. And you got to you gotta handle it. You can't just, like, pound on the Belgae and let the uh, Dewey handle me. And meanwhile, they're, they're going to win the game in about two turns. So there's a, there's a big difference there in the game. And the cards... The capabilities really make a huge difference in the game. And there's probably about 20 cards. And all the cards, obviously, we know from uh, Fire and Lake, I, I really want to say that uh, they're really related to, to people, like different individuals, like this guy did this or this guy did that. Or, it's really great. The flavor is just all over the place. So it's, it's great. I, I, for me, it's like a must-buy for the series. I'm very happy I got a pre-order. Because I forgot I ordered it. Uh, 
but it's it's great. I love it. So that's awesome. What's your number? It's, it's good to hear. I'm, I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna give it a ten. Wow. Ten. Wow. That's a wow. three-year anniversary special, right I have there. Never, like, I, don't, never, I don't think that's ever. I have happened. never given a ten. He's never given a ten. Bo Derek, I'm, I'm right here. Like it. I think it's great. Really good. The bots. That's I, cool. I don't think the bots work really in the end just play the bots how you think they would because i think the averni tends to turtle right. too much yeah. uh where they should go out and start devastating the adui to keep them from recruiting so uh but i and i it really you're you're gone dave we, we lost you oh sorry i took my finger no, off okay, the stupid fucking trigger it, it really brought me brought home to me some of those uh coin moments where like I don't want the guy to play the, the event, so I'm going to pick just this action so I can block him from doing the event. And then I'm gonna, like, I some of the well, I played in games. I knew how that's how it worked. It really brought home to me like how to work the actions and activities on the chart to keep the guy from being able to play. Like I can't let that guy play that event. So I'm going to do this one action, and that's it. So, yeah, that's cool. It was great. It's a great game. I, I thought it was the best. I think it's the best out of the series. I really enjoyed it the most. So are we going to do That's a awesome. guild game or what? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Advanced after combat com. Let's do it. All right. Because it, sure. it is the uh, most Machiavellian of all of them. Like, like the it, there's this part where the Adui do trade and they turn to the Romans and they say, "Will you, will you like approve my trade?" And the Romans basically like, "How much will you give me?" <laughs> they're like i give you four resources they're like okay so like this whole thing where like if the roman says no then they get less points there's it's just incredible the way they work the other winner they and the cards are great so i i recommend we should definitely play it in sector combat cool and by did the we, way did we medicine have, man get it we have uh com coins on the way we have somebody designing coins right now very exciting so Wow. And one of one of our guild artists is currently designing coins. Mm. Nice. So, are you pre-ordered Pendragon then? Uh, that's a no. Yeah. I'm, is that because of Ralph? No, no. I don't want to say that. I would never say that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, yeah, I was actually, I was actually surprised. I've, I've heard there's some trouble with. I was surprised yeah. I was pre-ordered for Fallen Sky to be honest. <laughs> I forgot I forgot that I was pre-ordered for that. But when it showed up, I was very really happy with it. So that's cool. Yeah, those are the best. I, I'm dude. I'm I'm Kickstarted and, and other stuff, and I'm not really sure where that is. I'm I, I'm done with all this stuff. I think I'm finished. I'm just gonna yeah. buy games when they come. Kickstarter is just nice NWS all and the time. bad. But you know, when it shows up, it's not like you're paying for it. You've already well, paid for it. Right. I kickstarted some other like roll them bones or some a game that's supposed to be a really big deal that's supposed to be very successful. And, roll them bones. I've yet to see it. Like it's about like pixies or something. I don't know. Yeah. It it was definitely a drunk uh, Kickstarter. <laughs> do, yeah, and do not Kickstarter drunk because that's bad. <laughs> No, it's very dangerous. Yeah, because pre-orders you can back out of. And Kickstarters right. you can, but you have to remember before it closes. That's right. Facebook posts you can delete later. And when you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, my God, I had the worst dream that I got on Facebook and posted all <laughs> sorts of crazy shit. But, but Kickstarters you cannot undo.
Very nice. I think that's it. Is that all? You didn't give it a beers. What's it? What's the beers? Dave. Dave. Oh, sorry. I was pressed on the wrong fucking button. <laughs> God, I actually use this shit. So beers are going to be light. It, I think it's going to be like four or five beers. Whoa. Okay. Ten for fun. You just have to pay attention to what's going for on. For me personally, I think this is the best coin game. This is one coin game I would play. This is the coin game where I get what the fuck I'm trying to do. Like if you're the Belge, you're trying to conquer a lot of shit. If you're the Averne, you're trying to fucking like get a lot of tribes on your side the adui you're trying to build your control uh if you're the romans you're just trying to fucking get all the tribes subjugated and get them under your rule like i get that like a lot of these games i'm like i guess i understand what like this game is very clear for me what, what we're trying to do and and i like the combat i like the fighting it's all good so i'm all about it it's my favorite it's my cool. favorite coin game this uh will have to be a morning AC con game. Yeah. If it's four or five beers, because the afternoon games are going to be more than four or five beers. Oh, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're drinking in the morning, right? I know, but I'm hoping, like, so we'll be two or three, four in by the time we start in the morning. Yeah, so we can is, start. This is, no, this is a good one. I think it's really good. It's good. Here we go. Cool. Ten. Wow. That's exciting. Uh, so, are you going to splice in all the other podcasts wishing you happy three year anniversary, Jason? <laughs> yeah, all the uh, all, all our fellow podcasters, Mark Herman, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Duck, you want to wish us a happy three year anniversary? Yeah, it's it's really been the most amazing three years of my life. I'm I'm a different man than I was. So now, what what, what episode was the first one you listened to? Uh, I listened to episode one first. But it, you had come out. You were on episode three when I started listening. That's really early. Yeah. Well, well, when, then, when did you post on Consum World? Because for whatever reason, that's when I saw it. Do you mean? Do you mean when, when did Marshall. they let us be on Consum World? Yeah. Well, somehow you got on Consum <laughs> World, and I'm like, oh, podcast. Yeah, because yeah, we're no, we're no longer episodes. allowed to be on there. No, I know. I'm I'm aware. I've listened to them all except the ones I'm on. So uh, let me let me ask some quick questions. So uh, so we have the beginning. So hey, Jason, what made you think about starting to do a podcast? Um, I think the messy game room. Just listening to them was like, oh, I could do this. Yeah, if those idiots can do it. I can do it. <laughs> if, they, if they can do it, and 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 I still I've listened to each of their episodes probably ten times. Like I've listened to them. Over and over and over again. Um, it's kind of sad. I, it is sad, but I, I think they're both hilarious. No, they, they are fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, but but you were um, kind of like, okay, so uh, at the time that we started, uh, obviously the messy game group was defunct. <laughs> Haggerty and, and Marshall weren't communicating. So uh, right, yeah, they, you were kind of like, hey, a bit of a like, hey, let's do a podcast. So, what was your anticipation of how that would go? I thought I thought it would be exactly what it is today, um, where it's just us talking and shooting the shit. And we we just met through, like like you've talked about, like just liking each other's dumb dick jokes on. Yeah, we were like the last guys um, up usually. We're the last guys awake <laughs> on the fucking messy gamer guild. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then when we met it, had we talked about it before we met at Constant Well, yeah, World? you were coming, you were playing on Devil's Cauldron. That's how we met. Right, but had we talked about the no, podcast no. before that? No, no. no, so I think it was after that, like, we, we got along so well, I was like, we could sit around and just talk and and maybe people would listen and even if they don't we can just yeah talk once let me let me let me which just, is really let me think the only i bet you guys discussed oh and i bet we'll get free review copies of games too i bet that came up go fuck off I, fuck it off it might have you fucking asshole. <laughs> it, it might have come up but i think from day one we were like no we're not really interested in that because it's because then it's Number ten. Yeah, I, I can't. You know, I, I'll be honest. I can't maintain any kind of like. Uh, uh, I know. I can't. Oh, your game of the year from <laughs> 2014. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're such a fucking asshole. Right. Fuck you. I you am. Fucking asshole. I am. <laughs> I learned yeah. from the master. I cannot. I cannot fucking. I. You're right. You're right. You're such a dick. Oh, fucking <laughs> duck, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> your like, disapproval your head, is delicious to me. Yeah, so I think Jason, uh, at the time, Marshall was kind of floating because he was not sure what he was going to be doing. Yeah, I don't think he was interested. He didn't. He didn't. But you kind of recruited him. But yeah, because I th- we we had talked about it. And I was like, hey, he knows how to do this because we had no fucking hilarious. Right? Let's let's see right. if he wants yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But then we had to yeah. do it like every Tuesday evening or something. Like, yeah, it was such and a then Marshall would drink like twelve beers, and then we'd, be, <laughs> we'd get on. <laughs> and then he'd say, "Oh, I, I, I said too much. Can you take that part out? Because I shouldn't say that about those people." Yeah, that was that was bad. So we did that. So we did Marshall, and then then Marshall posted his uh, his uh, review of String Railway. <laughs> Which Ralph yeah, hated. Yeah. So Ralph like basically was like, that's the worst <laughs> fucking review I've ever heard. So Marshall saw that and then fucking quit. Well, I had my I had my solo uh, lock and load Vietnam game because something happened and we just couldn't record. I think that was when Marshall, yeah, Marshall was fading out. He, he canceled last minute and I was like, well, I'm in the mood to record, so I'm just going to record. And that, that didn't turn out well. So then he, he recorded that one, which also didn't turn out well. Yeah, yeah I it's think, just not the same. So then, so yeah, so Ralph it's basically not. said uh, that's the worst podcast review I've ever heard, or whatever. And then, then Marshall sent me some kind of mail that said basically like, "I'm done. I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore." <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "All right." Yeah. So he uh, just he just wanted a reason. Well, I, I, was, well, I was like, "Hey, I, yeah." He was so he basically. Was I'm done. like, okay. So um, the whole point was, I think they have him on. Like, I didn't ever want to be on a podcast. <laughs> like that was not one of my things. <laughs> So then we brought Keith on. Yeah. So then we yeah. have what we call the period of Keith. <laughs> so at January and February of 2000. Is that just two? It was yeah. three. We did two episodes. Oh, oh wow. So um, we did those episodes. So we'll let people go. Dave, you're gone. We lost you, Dave. God damn, I got to keep my fucking finger on this goddamn button the entire fucking time. <laughs> so, and I think that I think that was just different. Well, I think right? Keith Keith was a great writer. He did a really good job. Like, I really liked the blog that he wrote, and uh, I took it very the, seriously. The problem was maybe that when it came over to actually podcasting and recording, it was like reading a blog, maybe or like a script or. Uh, and that didn't really fit in with what, you know, 
or a little yeah, loosey-goosey. Yeah, our principle has always been, like, what I would tell guys is generally, um, any podcast can be informative. It's very hard to be entertaining. <laughs> you know, like, 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 As evidenced yeah, by our podcast. podcast. This podcast right here. <laughs> You can make a podcast where you just fucking tell people like, "Hey, so this is the rule for this thing, and this is a rule." This yeah, is fuck, a two-player game. About that. Nobody which, wants to fucking listen yeah. to that bullshit. So, uh, so yeah, we did Keith for a while. Then Keith was uh, we did a parting, parting the ways, and then we went on to the guest podcast host. Yeah, Lucas was yes. the first. Wow, well, and it's and, been yeah. just. Full cycle. Roses. Roses. <laughs> Lucas the Duck. Lucas the Duck, yep. Right. He doesn't know. <laughs> Lucas is not the duck. That's an insult. No. Lucas 2. That, that's yeah, that's the yeah, evolution. Lucas's face goes all the round and around the cycle, and then in the end, gets wedged into the duck's ass. And that's the completion. Three years. All made. <laughs> there we go. Lucas is in our Stonewall uh, Jackson's uh, way game. He's actually uh, Stonewall Jackson, ironically. Yes, he is, which is kind of funny. <laughs> he is. That's yeah. awesome. Was no, that on purpose? No, no, he switched with uh, Braxton. somebody. Braxton. Braxton, yeah. Well, and, and it's oh, funny because funny. I'll, I'll do stuff like where I'm like, hey, um, so I saw that order. It's not really legal order. He's like, yeah, we'll go with uh, whatever other shiz is we were doing. I'm like, like no, I need like an order, dude. Like, <laughs> like he's always like, he's like, fuck yeah, we're doing that. Do you, Let's go on. I'm like, I how need much? Like an how order. much do you post on the Dropbox, dude? Do they uh, actually see our orders? I where do. It's like, I, it's I, like I try to. Jimmy, where I send orders to Stone Stone Man and Jimmy Yell. Yeah. That, and you're going again. The little button, Dave. Stony, I said, yeah, it's Stony. I see the fuck this goddamn fucking button. The problem is now I'm pressing on the fucking mouse button still, but I'm not pressing on the button that's actually fucking controlling oh. and talking. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. I switched back to my yeah, mouse pay attention. button. I think the space bar is what's stopping the recording. Yeah. So I think the space yeah, bar the is a bad move. Window. Because, yeah. But yeah, Stony is uh, very interesting. Uh, I love it. I especially love it when I tell guys, "Hey, if you're going to send me an order, a message, send it in an, in an individual email." And then I send them something, and they reply to me, and like, "Here's all my fucking orders." Blah. And so then I get to cut and paste all their fucking shit out, and cut out the <laughs> cut and paste the fucking shit before that. So it's a lot of fun. Good times. Yeah. Glad, it is. It is a lot of fun. We appreciate you doing I'm it. I'm glad Dave. you guys are enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's. There there are moments where come up where I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> like, yeah. There are two moments. Where... I think the the AAR podcast is going to be like if if we get a whole bunch of people on, that's mm -hmm. going to be hilarious. I think it'd be funny to get a bunch of people on. Oh, that would and, be cool. Like it, it, yeah, it's it's interesting too because like Siegel from the U.S. is actually in Germany. So Carson, oh, is he? Carson is actually a seagull. Didn't we whip his ass? I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we we fight with seagull. And then there's uh, there's uh, another guy. It, from he's Australia. running like a little girl. Last I saw, McDowell's from Australia. So uh, it's nice. interesting. It's kind of tough because I know it's kind of slow sometimes for the U.S. players, but because we have to account for the fact that guys are out of out of the country, I have to wait. Right. Yeah, you gotta give time. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've done pretty well. We're at day seven. Yeah. So that's pretty damn cool. We're almost halfway through. And it's crazy. Like if someone were to look at the map, they'd be like, What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Holy no, I have shit. that. Sense. Look at where the armies are. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like you guys think you guys are in a pretty good spot, but man, it could go either way. <laughs> like it's seriously no i i have a, a lot of sense of like <laughs> the, the sense of like not knowing what's going on is huge yeah that's good all right so that's it that's all i got bros you guys got anything no i think that's gonna do it all right jason, spent. All right, jason so patch, yeah. patch all this bullshit together and then uh let's create yeah, that'll magic. be tomorrow Sorry. Oh, yeah. All I can the say magic is, will Jason, happen. I'm sorry. Do you want us to stop recording <laughs> at right. some point? Or should I leave it on probably... when I go in the bedroom? Jason, you want to, do you want to, do you want to <laughs> count Jason? Or do you want to... No, we can just stop whenever. We can just say goodbye, and and then, and then that's right. the end of the podcast. Oh, thank All right. God. It's over. Thank God it's over. All right. Yeah. The night All right. Over. We have to do this again next time. My job, my job is Fuck. done. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Such a stories about me from my actual career. I'll have all the stories from my career. Oh yeah, that's gonna the last. I hope your ten pounds heavier when you get back. <laughs> and crab legs and yeah. lava cake. Oh, that's the that's the fucking worst, dude. They're all like my my mother in law's like I hope you I hope you plan on gaining twenty pounds. I'm like yeah, I'm not a complete fucking hog like you, so I don't think so. But we'll see. <laughs> it would be funny if you did. I am, I, uh, I'm that guy. I have a problem with free food. No no carbs. Going for no if carbs. you gain twenty right, pounds, your weight would double, Jason. I don't want to hear it, dude. All right. <laughs> all right. See you. All right, guys. Bye. Visit us at http colon slash slash boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com. The duck is the awesomest wargamer in the world. <laughs> Ba-da-da-ba-da-da-ba-da-da-doo-doo